nodding in and out of smiles like an archaeopteryx comedian. And need to stop drinking out the same water I'm puking in. Like a box of matches in a world of lighters, I'm a loser. Occasional robotic bloodhound. So, they know the Becky Seltzers. I I haven't heard of them. Like, is, yeah. Do you know how long ago those like started? I think within a couple years. We actually know the guy who started the company. He's friends with my boyfriend's tour manager. Okay. Um. And he's like totally a dude that you think would come up with a concept called Becky Seltzer. Is he is he like a frat star or what? Like he, like that's what I'm envisioning. He's I don't know if he was in a frat or not. I think he maybe might have said something about it. He's a little bit older. I think he's in his thirties, but mm. just super wealthy, like total nice. like bro dude. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's nice. Guys, uh welcome into another episode of Escaping Tyranny. I'm joined along uh, old friend Kate Nelson. Hello, cheers. how's it going? Thanks for I'll being on the pod. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Mm. I always feel rude. I went to go pick up Kate from uh, a friend's house and I always feel rude, but like I try not to get too much into like formalities or anything like that because I try to try to save as much as possible for the pod. Oh, um, yeah, for sure. I think we'll still have a solid conversation, but that's why I'm like super short right beforehand. Oh, so. yeah, absolutely. I've um, got a lot to talk about. I don't shut up. So nice. <laughs> <laughs> you said your boyfriend's tour manager. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so what does your boyfriend do? So I'm actually here visiting um, because he's a DJ. Uh, he's mm. like a bass music kind of like dubstepy producer. Okay. Um, he actually kind of pioneered this genre called uh, industrial down tempo. Nice. But so he's touring right now with this guy named 1788L and and they had a tour stop here and i was like i'm coming dope yeah this uh i don't know if anyone realizes this i think we've had this planned out for what like five or six months at this point oh yeah it's been a long time coming oh yeah i yeah. submitted an answer to a question and you were like we got to get you on the podcast yeah. <laughs> i don't even remember the original question to you i do but it, i can't i can't bring it up that's totally fine <laughs> i was like i was like dude kate like responds to my shit at least like you at least respond to my questions and I feel like a lot of time people just kind of like, oh, that's fun to like vote on. But then they don't like answer questions. Yeah. I'm like, why? Yeah. No, I have. I love your questions because I feel like even if people aren't answering them, like everybody has a story about them. And I everyone feel has like, something. Right. And like they just don't want to talk about it for whatever reason. I don't. I mean, I still keep them anonymous. Oh, like, yeah. I'm, I'm like, that's totally fine. I'll like out myself. Right. Like it's, mm -hmm. it's my podcast. I can like have that liberty. Right. But. For other people, I'm like, you know, it's not going to have like your name attached to it. Like, right. why are you being stingy with the story? Right. Exactly. I don't understand it. So you're in Phoenix now. Yeah. Been are you from Phoenix? No, I'm from Chicago, actually. So, I didn't know that. Yeah. So when I moved, um, when I went to college in Cruces, I like was like by family, like I'm not coming back. So the only time I went back was for winter breaks, actually. Oh, it's like the worst time to go back. Yeah, no, it is the worst time. And then after I graduated, I was like, I got to get out of here. And I just keep progressively going further and further away from Chicago. Yeah, you're like going to like warmer and warmer spots. Too. Exactly. The winter seems unfucking bearable. There was this one winter. I think it was it was my senior year of high school. I graduated a semester early so I could work full time. Mm -hmm. And we had negative 60 degrees for five days straight. Oh, my God. That's like shit like where you can't leave the house, right? No, you can't leave the house. And I worked at an outdoor mall at the time oh. in like a really high fashion store. And it's like we already had like slow traffic. It's, you know, we're selling seven to $10,000 purses. And I think for 10 days, we didn't see a single customer. Like we just set up in the back with like Netflix or video just games chilling and just out. chilling because we were like, what are we supposed to do? Do you ever have any, like, my, uh, one of my uncles dubs it, um, $30,000 millionaires. Mm -hmm. Did you ever have, like, those people that, like, try to come in and flex and they, like, they really don't have the money for them? I, so, I worked for this brand called Porsche Design. It's, mm -hmm. um, it was made by, 
either one of the sons or grandsons of Portia, like the car founder, um, and he wanted to split off and do his own thing. So it was affiliated, but not the same brand. So it was a little bit more like obscure high-end fashion, um, like really big in Europe, but not so much in the States. So really everyone who came in was like really into the brand. But I think what was interesting is we had this one guy that would come in all the time and you like first looking at him like he's just wearing a black t-shirt black pants black belt and then you're looking at him you're like oh that's like a louis vuitton belt and you're like oh that's a two thousand dollar pair of shoes and oh that beanie is like a prada beanie yeah but and he would always come in with a different really pretty blonde girl excuse me and he would only ever pay in cash oh my god and like pulling out a wad of cash and we were like okay we definitely know what you do for a living dude's absolutely crushing it oh crushing it yeah. making tons of money but we were like mm, i'm not gonna ask any questions no no, no, no. i was yeah. about to say we'll take your money you know we'll make this exchange like no harm no foul yeah i'm good to go i actually i had a crazy encounter one time mm. so uh, there was um one of the biggest victoria's secrets in the state at that mall and mm-hmm. this guy comes in and he was really handsome he was older and I, at first i was kind of like oh daddy and then i was like yeah. I, I think this guy's gay <laughs> Um, and we had to take, is that ever, I'm sorry. Does that ever like turn girls off? Like, I feel like a lot of girls aren't like super deterred by that. Mm, yeah, no, I don't think so. Okay. I haven't met a single one of my friend who's not like, oh yeah, no, that guy's hot, but I bet his dad is hotter. <laughs> but yeah. So nice. <laughs> this guy comes in and we have to take their information and he's from Ohio and he's like, I'm going to leave out his name. Sure. Um, and I was like, what are you doing here from Ohio? And he goes, oh, I work for L Brands, which is the parent company of Victoria's Secret Bath and Body Works. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's like, we ended up Googling his name. And he was um, Les Wexner, who was the founder and CEO, like his right-hand man. Mm. And I don't know if you know what's going on with Lex we- or Les Wexner, but he's currently being investigated because Jeffrey Epstein was his financial manager. Oh, my God. And the guy who came in is, like, part of the investigation now, too, because they were Ah. all tied to Epstein. And so when all of that stuff came out, I was like, holy shit, I was 18 years old. Yeah. Like, Oh, so you were, like, right out. You were in, like, the safe zone at that point. Yeah, like, the safe zone by, like, one year, (laughs) one or two years. But I was like, oh, my God. That's ridiculous. That... That whole situation is insane to me. Like, and not only that they got away with it, but like how long they got away with it. Oh yeah. And what's really interesting, so I my guilty pleasure is um they're called celebrity blind items and it's mm. like underground celebrity gossip. Like where they'll like drop hints about somebody, they'll be like, Oh, so and so was seen with so and so who's not their wife and the guy who runs the biggest blind item podcast mm-hmm. had the Epstein shit mapped out for years. Oh my he god. He knew it was going on like seven years before it all went down and he has all of these people he knows who are associated and you know, people were like, None of this is true. This is just gossip, blah it's blah all blah. All conspiracy. Yeah, and all of it came true. That is so insane because like you hear of all that shit right now where people are like, this is happening or this is happening. This happened mm-hmm. off like the coast, like, or like the Gulf Coast or whatever, right? Like Gold Coast, whatever. I don't know what I'm saying right now, but yeah. you get what you get. What I'm saying. Mm-hmm. All of that shit, you hear conspiracies and conspiracies and conspiracies. You're like, none of that's true. That's yeah. not happening. And then all of a sudden it comes out. It's like, no, no, no. What they said seven, eight, nine years ago. All, all of true. that's true. Yeah. It's fucking crazy. Oh, it's so crazy. And it's, it's so fun. Cause um like there's another girl who does a podcast about the blind items mm-hmm. and I'm sure you've seen like Machine Gun Kelly and Megan Fox are like unhinged they're like oh we drank each other's blood and blah 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 and oh she's like 
that's almost more fun though like i want like we want to hear about people who are just weird and unhinged but not necessarily doing anything bad because sure. there's a lot of gossip that's like really like disgusting and yeah. like just terrible people and so i think when it's just celebrities like doing dumb shit like that like it's fun to hear about and it's not hurting anyone it, it is it is fun but like how many how many teen couples right now are like hearing that and they're like well we're not really in love until we drink each other's blood oh yeah no i think there's i think there's that too but i also <laughs> i also feel like if by the time, first of all, I feel like if you're a teenage guy who's trying to emulate Machine Gun Kelly, there's already a, a problem yeah. there that has to be addressed. Well, just because it's a problem doesn't mean girls aren't into that shit. That's right? like the problem. Right? You know oh, I mean? if you if you would have given me that at 17, I would have probably been like, oh, hell yeah. And now I'm like, yikes, bro. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I used to be like a super big fan of, I say used to be, but like I, I used to want to like emulate the guys of like um fat lip like i wanted to be like a blonde haired blue eyed white boy with spiked hair like that was what i fucking wanted i was yeah. like that's cool those people are cool fucking that's what i want and yeah. it, like obviously never happened i remember trying to like uh what do you call it frost like my tips one time and it just came out like orange like yeah. my hair is so goddamn dark like i didn't have the right like <laughs> facilities to do it it was fucking stupid god frosted tips what a throwback and it's so interesting because like all of the 2000s are starting to like cycle through Come again back. and you see all of these um god what are they gen z like kids and it's like oh my god like i remember this from when i was growing up and you're like am i old am i yeah is this being older yeah i am old like you know what pisses me off though is like someone recently at my work um and this is just like i'm like that's not an old thing like it's just you just have it or you don't Mm -hmm. uh you know i was sitting there i was like god my allergies are kicking my ass she's like do you have to take like a daily allergy pill she's like i have to now and i feel so old i'm like i have to take three allergy medications year round just to fucking function and like you're like i'm old i'm like bitch i've had that since i was like six like, right what are you talking about no pollen just sucks i oh fucking hate that shit dude we were at um so i took a work trip um to washington dc and so um i work for a company doing filming stuff and so we have to have like contingency days and in case something goes wrong on set. And so there are free days. So we were at um, the National Archives and I'm standing there and I'm looking at the Declaration of Independence. And there was a, fi- a field trip and there's some like 11 or 12 year old next to me. And she like looks over at her friend and she goes, do you think we should try and steal it? Like in that old movie. Like, and I oh. looked at her and I was like, girl fuck you yeah what do you mean old first off like that's that is a national treasure that right movie. i think but it's almost 20 years old now i i'm gonna take a stab and say 2004 i so, think it was 2002 2002 see here national treasure right yep. that's what we're looking at and it was 2004 let's fucking go nice you boys nice. on the year points for you yeah exactly the, no one's keeping track but right. you know i will the uh that movie was so sick and so dumb at the same time like wasn't it the sequel that they kidnapped the president i think so i and just nonchalantly got away with it i don't think i ever watched the sequel but like every single time i think about that movie all i hear in my head is i'm going to steal the declaration of independence <laughs> <laughs> nick cage is doing his absolute darndest to act and you're like bro cut it out he is actually a phenomenal actor now too he yeah. has um 
picked up a few indie movies and mm. then there was one that was floating around the Oscars and he was another celebrity like kind of going back to unhinged celebrity like he was kind of a weirdo and like very eccentric but he never really did anything bad and I think after his like run of like really terrible movies people stopped taking him seriously but like now he's a he's a good actor he's mm. a serious actor but a lot of people can't get past the can't fact get past that he's that. Nick Cage yeah I I don't know. Like, I, I don't pay attention to, like, indie films at all. Mm-hmm. You seem, like, to be, like, in the know of, like, celebrities and, like, what's going on in the world. Yeah. What's, like, your favorite story that's happening currently? My favorite story that's happening. Okay. So, I think um, speculating on people's sexualities is kind nice. of wrong. It's very... Oh, I thought you were about to say, like, it's fun. I was like, nice. It, it is fun. But, but I, <laughs> I also think it's, like, a little bit wrong. You know, if people, people will come out when they come out. But there's sure. a lot of theories that Taylor Swift is... Is bisexual and when yeah. she was best friends with carly Kloss, it's not that they were just best friends it's mm. that they had this thing going for a really long time and that's why like their best friend breakup was so traumatic because it wasn't just a best friend breakup yeah i i mean i don't know why but like in my head like it's not all like that like entertaining yeah i, I guess like uh if you were just tell me like she's full-on lesbian or like she was about to like be like trans, be like, oh shit. Right. It's like, oh, she's bisexually. Like, yeah. All right. Yeah. Like, and it's, but it's like what makes it almost so much fun is there are like, there is this girl who like went on the podcast I listened to and she was like, my first thoughts about Taylor Swift is like, that is, that is the poster child for heterosexuality. Yeah. And then she's like, and then there's like some person who made a 74 slide powerpoint on all, like breaking <laughs> down like hidden messages in her lyrics and like posts of her and carly Kloss like spotted together and like just breaks it down and like i kind of thought that same thing i was like there's no way and then i, I need to get my hands on the slideshow right and then you get into it and you're like taylor swift is a bisexual she is bisexual <laughs> i love like a good conspiracy i love mm-hmm. a good like deep dive into stuff i like when people like start pointing out facts and you're like or like I say facts very loosely, right? Like right. You start looking into some of that stuff and just, there's no fucking way. And then you start looking at how much research someone did and not just like a two minute YouTube clip, like this proves it. No, like 75 like slides is a lot of fucking slides. <laughs> About Taylor Swift. That's a lot of energy. And it's right? like, I'm assuming like not like a lot of those like have a lot of information on them. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And like the thing about speculating about sexuality is Taylor Swift um, has like she used to capitalize when like in her physical albums with the CDs, you know how they come with the lyric books. Mm -hmm. She used to capitalize like certain letters and leave hidden messages and leave names and stuff. And so Taylor Swift has very much used her celebrity status like she bread comes breadcrumbs with it and she wants to leave hints and stuff Mm. and so you know people are like it's it's wrong to speculate on sexuality but she has lived her whole life like leaving hints and like Mm. wanting people to speculate about her she's also lived her whole life like in the limelight absolutely like she's like how old was like how old was she when she signed a deal she was 16 okay so like i don't know in like history right like 1415 is like ready for like marriage, mm-hmm. ready for like childbearing. But like in modern times, 16 is young as fuck. Dude. Oh yeah, absolutely. Like, that was 10 years ago. I can still tell you like I'm just as dumb now as I was then. Oh, I think I'm dumber. Yeah. Than I think I I think I've gotten progressively stupider in like the last 10 years. What makes you say that? Um 
I don't know if I've gotten progressively stupider, but I think when you're a teenager, like mm. when you're 17, 18, like you think you have the world figured out. And then 100%. by the time you hit 22, you're kind of like, I have no idea what the fuck is going on. Yeah. Ever. It's like the one thing that my boss continues to tell, like say is like, sometimes you just don't know what you don't know. Yeah. And like, I remember that feeling at like 18. I'm like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. I'm fucking golden. Like life's not that fucking hard. Yeah. And then I'm like, now I'm like, life is hard as fuck. And I have, I know less than I did before. And Literally. I have more questions now. Oh, and like, Stupid. like you said, like, I don't even know the questions I have sometimes. And then like things come up. My rule of life is I am going to continue doing something or living my life in a certain way until somebody is like, you're doing that wrong. That's not the way to do that. Yeah, exactly. And then it- and when it's like simple shit. Like, I'm convinced I don't know how to use, like, a pizza cutter or, like, shit like that. You see, like, life hacks, you're like, fuck, dude, maybe, like, put some instructions on the label. Like, right? we're all doing shit wrong. Like, everything's wrong. Like, I'm convinced I don't know how to use hangers. Like, I'm convinced everything I'm doing is incorrect. Oh, absolutely. And I was working in Excel today um, for when I showed up and had to work a little bit. And, I like, the entire time I was like, not only is this the worst application ever mm-hmm. for what it's supposed to do, I'm like, I don't know how to use excel (laughs) and my mom was in my mom's an accountant and she calls me a couple weeks ago she's like we hired this girl and she can't even use excel like who doesn't know how to use excel and i was like me very very simply me (laughs) yeah exactly i'm said person i don't know how to use excel i love the fascination like so i how to explain this if there's like levels to baseball right in Mm -hmm. terms of okay you start at t-ball then you go to like pitching machine, slow pitch, or, or like uh, live pitch, and then like it just grows from there. Yeah, I might be at like pitching machine, if not like above T ball with Excel. <laughs> like I know like some stuff, but I don't know like super amounts of formulas. But what I love is showing someone who really knows nothing about Excel, being like, "Hey, how about we do this?" And they're like, "How did you do that?" And you're like. Fuck yeah, dude. Like, that's my favorite. So my level of Excel is, I don't know if you ever had one of these, but there were these little, um, like, Fisher Price, like, baseball tees, and they were yellow, and they had the plastic balls, Mm -hmm. and you could start with the T, and then there was, like, a machine on the bottom that shot it up. up. Yep. Yep. I had one of those. That is my level of Excel. Fuck yeah, Yeah, that's about where I'm at. (laughs) Like, no, actually, if you had a beach ball and then, like, just a, like... A bat, you could do that. Probably, and I would probably miss the beach ball. Oh, dude. I don't like baseball, so it's fine. But, like, I fucking... I think I'm okay with Excel. Like, yeah. I, I get by, and then someone shows me something, and, like, I never forget formulas after that. Like, I have a death grip. Like, whenever I find a formula that I like, I'm like, okay, now I know how to use that. I will never not use that. Oh, yeah. And, like, so I work in a software for work um, of creatives. No, I work in the Adobe Creative Suite. Mm. Um, it's, uh, the uh, film editing one is called Adobe Premiere. And speaking of applications that are absolutely terrible that you have to pay for, it's the industry standard and it is the worst thing that has ever happened to film editing. And like, I went to school for it. I did, you know, two years of classes in Premiere and I still have to Google like how do I do this yeah how do I do this shit and then I have to bookmark those pages because I can't remember yeah I can't remember anything yeah what did so you 
went to school for that? Like that was what you wanted to go to school for? Or so did you switch around? I originally went to school for economics because um, I went to a very like – I went to a public high school, but it was very like business-centric. And mm. so I actually had a ton of business credits coming in. Nice. And so I was taking level three and 400 economics classes as a sophomore. And I don't know – you were a business major, right? So I started in business, went to HRTM, which was like in the okay. college. Yeah. So did you ever have Dr. Randy McFerrin? Mm, no, so not he, that I can think of. He is an, he was, I think he probably still is an upper level economics teacher. Okay, yeah, I definitely at, didn't have him. <laughs> um, at MSU. And there was this one day and we're sitting in class and he's talking about the ramifications on the price of American whiskey if we put a tariff on Russian vodka, which is ironically happening right now. Yeah. But I'm like listening to him like go on and on about it. And I was like, I don't, I don't think I want to do this with my life. And then the next day we had an exam. And do you remember, um, I can't remember his last name, but what this one Kaposig who was two class years ahead of me Mm -hmm. turns around and looks at me like just wide eyes, deer in the headlight on this test. And I look at this test and I go, yeah, fuck this. And I left it on the desk and I walked out and went to my advisor and I was like, I would like to switch to film because that had been a hobby throughout my high school years and by that point i was on a full ride scholarship so i was like i am gonna do whatever i want to so let's uh, there's a bunch of different avenues in that so first off you were on full ride scholarship for what um so i had an academic uh i had an academic scholarship and then i lost it and then i got it back and then um or actually no i wasn't on a full ride at this point i was the following year Um, but I was on the equestrian team and I had a small scholarship. And then as you know, the equestrian team got cut after my sophomore year, but the way the equestrian team worked is, um, we had 15 full ride scholarships that we were able to divide up however we wanted. Mm. And so when the team got cut, we actually had, I think exactly 15 girls that stayed at the school and you have to reallocate scholarships on, I think June 1st. But the team wasn't officially cut until July 1st. Nice. So basically the coaches were like, all right, congratulations, ladies. Like, here is all of your money. Fuck yeah. Go forth and conquer. Nice. And then there was like a loophole for like out-of-state students where like your tuition was like supposed to have been being paid if you were an athlete. So I was like, give me my money. Fuck yeah, dude. Because I knew you were an equestrian, like on the equestrian team. So how did that come about? Like, did you, were you part of like, I, I want to say like equestrian ship. Like, I don't know how, like all that works, the proper terms, but like, were you riding horses in high school? Like, how'd you become part of the equestrian team? Yeah. So it's really funny. So my parents tried so many hobbies with me when I was a kid. Um, I did gymnastics. I did soccer. Like they put me in anything and everything and I just hated it. And I was like, mm. I want to ride horses. Yeah. And they were like, kid, we live in Chicago. Yeah. Like, <laughs> where are you going to go were ride you in, like, a horse? the suburbs of Chicago? I was in a suburb called Elmhurst. It's about okay. 20 minutes outside of the city. So my aunt and uncle used to live in Naperville. Okay. I don't know yep. in in relation to where like you were. I don't yeah, know. it's about 30 minutes away from Naperville. It's the okay. same county. Got it. Okay. So, but yeah, so I just told my parents I want to ride horses. Like, that's all I want to do. You know, you would go on trail rides on vacation and stuff. And I would be like, no, I want to do this. And so finally at like eight i think we had a lake house in wisconsin and we found a barn like 15 minutes away from the lake house and we basically lived there in the summers and they were like okay this kid hates every single hobby she does if we give her one summer of riding lessons she's gonna be like i hate it and you know 10 years later 
10 years later you're still going to college for it and yeah so what was it that you did because there's like different events right Mm -hmm. so like what were like did you have specific events did you do all the events how did it like yeah so i did um so there's western which is like the big saddles and then there's english which is the smaller saddles and stuff and so you say bigger and smaller saddles like just that is what it sounds like is a big saddle versus small saddle or like big horses versus little horses like so it's really funny so western is like the cowboy saddles that you think of and stuff and they ride little horses and english is like a much smaller um saddle like no horn on it pretty much just a seat and then a little bit of a leg flap and we ride really big horses because that's what you do for the jumping and stuff got it so i did um jumping i did a specific kind of jumping called hunter jumper and hunters was judged on the horse it's judged uh judged subjectively and it's like how nice does the horse look does it oh my gosh. move like cutely and so as a hunter rider it's your goal to go out there and make the horse look good and then mm. i also did the equitation which is what um it was at nmsu where it's the opposite it's how do, how good does the rider look like does the mm. rider control the horse well and stuff so gotcha yeah. so there's just like different ways of like judging what's happening yeah uh you and the horse relationship wise yep pretty much that's so insane i i get so frustrated i'm gonna gonna say some controversial shit right here um i tell people and it started with my sister so my sister danced her whole life Uh and not in like a hip-hop uh essence like she was ballet her entire life yeah she's very graceful very good at what she did took it very seriously and i remember having an argument with her one time and i was like it's not a sport Mm -hmm. and she got frustrated with me and I just like stopped and I was like, here's the thing. I was like, when it's subjective, I don't really think it's a sport. Oh, yeah. Like I, that frustrates me so much. And I have actually had this discussion with my friends. Um, so there's actually sidebar a little bit. There's another sure. kind of jumping with horseback riding called jumpers and it's don't knock anything over mm. and be the fastest. Got it. So that's pretty much the only one that's judged objectively. Yep. And we kind of came to the conclusion that in order for it to quantify as a sport, it has to be objective. objective yep. But that doesn't mean that something that's not a sport doesn't require extreme athletic ability. A hundred percent. Yeah. And that's what I told her. I was like, you're doing stuff that's possibly more impressive Oh, yeah. Any sport I've ever done and will do. Oh, yeah. I was like, I'm not downplaying what you do. I'm not saying that you're not more athletic. I'm not saying you're more, like, not more strong as a person. I'm also saying, like, you're probably in better shape. Oh, yeah. Just because something's not a sport doesn't make it less impressive. Exactly. And it's crazy with um, horseback riding. So, March is Traumatic Brain Injury Awareness Month. Mm. And I have had, I think, five concussions. Wow. Horseback riding makes up 45% of all concussions. And if you combine football soccer and one other sport maybe hockey it still does not add up to the amount of concussions that come out of horseback riding that's insane yeah i was not aware of that yeah so it's wow. pretty crazy we just came out of march which was concut like our mental health awareness what tell me sorry yeah you just told me I- so i don't can't remember if march is mental health awareness mm. but it's um Traumatic brain injury awareness. Traumatic brain injury awareness. Yeah. Okay. I was not aware of that. Oh, yeah. A lot of stuff I'm learning right now. It's just sick. That I had, I think I've had three concussions in my entire life and not one of them was it just like, every single one was just awful. Oh, yeah. Like even like, I don't know, a week later, you still kind of feel fuzzy. Oh. And no one warns you for that. Absolutely. Um, I had a really bad one. I've actually only had two from horseback riding. I got my first really bad one snowboarding, and that's my first time snowboarding, and so I don't do anything involving snow anymore. Ah. Um, but 
So the pettiest thing I have ever done to someone is <laughs> I got a concussion playing Pike Powder Puff. Nice. And the guy who was in charge of Pike Powder Puff was this guy who had fucked me over really bad. Nice. And they forgot to have us sign release forms. Mm. And so I sent him this email and I was like, you'll be hearing from my lawyer shortly because we are seeking damages and compensation for blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and apparently Pike had to have like an emergency meeting about it. And they were like, we are getting shut down. Like we are so hosed. And then two days later, I emailed him. I was like, April Fool's. Oh, Hope your school dude. year ends well. <laughs> oh, dude. I would be shitting bricks. However, like I was risk management at one point at Lambda Chi. I would have thought of something like that. And like, don't we need waivers for this? Don't we need this? Like, I am a very much like prepare for the worst kind of person. Yeah. Like, I feel like we should have this on standby. Right. And so, like, if you would have sent that, I'd have been like, fuck. Like, I, but I would have had a lot of stuff in place, been like, no, like, sorry. Like, we, we, we would have had a waiver signed or whatever. I feel like the intramural, like, guys as well were just as bad, where like someone would get hurt and they would run over, not try to ask if you're okay, but they're like, can you sign this waiver? It's like, <laughs> Fuck you, dude. Like, my ankle's twisted. Like, what are you asking of me right now? It's like, it's too late by this point. Like, I'm I'm getting the bag. Yeah, fuck <laughs> off. Like, what are you talking about? Right. Uh, equestrian team. Uh, how long did NMSU have an equestrian team? So, they had had an equestrian team for several, uh, several years leading up to that. And basically, we were actually the least expensive team to run. Really? Um, because we were kind of like affiliated with the ag program, like horses mm. were already there. We shared the same facility and it pretty much <clears throat> came down to us. And it's stupid because it came down to us and women's soccer because uh. they could cut one women's team to be title nine compliant still. Sure. And we were a top 10 ranked national team. We had one conference finals the year before we you had upset Texas A&M. Yeah, we upset. Who was like number one in the nation. They right? were number one in the nation. And I do remember that like completely. And I remember like, I, I think I was working at Pine Cove at the time. Mm -hmm. And everyone was like, uh, most staffers uh, go to A&M that work at Pine Cove. Yeah. So I remember just like loading that up. That was like the only thing I had in my chamber. I was oh, just like, yeah. fuck yeah, dude. Like we beat y'all's asses. Oh, yeah. And, but it was just. The most absurd thing, because it was us or soccer, and soccer had more women on the team. It was more expensive to run, and our NMSU soccer team sucked. Like, sorry, mm, sorry. Yeah. I have friends who are soccer players, they, but... They've only beaten UNM and UTEP a handful of times. Right, exactly. Like, it wasn't until, if I'm not mistaken, it wasn't until, like, after I graduated that they had, like, it was the first time they had swept UNM. Right. And it was, like, at some point in your, like tenure you should have done that at least exactly exactly yeah. and like the equestrian team was super cool i feel like i will never have that big of a group of women who we had each other's backs and it's like you know when you're like siblings and you like get mad at each other but it's like don't tell mom and dad like yeah we we were all out there doing the dumbest shit all <laughs> the time we had to Fuck have a yeah. team meeting one time and our coach was like please stop showing up to practice hungover. It's not productive. Yeah, it's not okay. <laughs> um, but it was like we would squabble with each other and like get in little fights, but we also sure. we protected each other and sure. we were there for each other. And I have heard like with the soccer team, like they had like a dry season where they weren't supposed to be out at all. And if like one soccer player heard about another soccer player like not being dry, it was throw them under the bus to yeah. their coach. So. Just crazy, just crazy. It was a really good time, and I was really sad when it happened, but it really 
opened up kind of a new phase of my life for me mm. when I wasn't on that team anymore because being a Division One athlete is a full time job. Like, yeah, you eat, sleep, and breathe sports, and that's all it is. I don't. I don't think people understand that, and especially like in high school. Mm-hmm. When when I was a freshman and sophomore in high school, I was dead set that again. Like back to that whole conversation of like at sixteen, you think you have life figured out. You really don't. Like, yeah, there's a lot of fun shit you can do that's not a fucking sport. I wanted to at like 14, 15 years old. I'm like, I'm going to go to college and I'm going to wrestle. Mm-hmm. And one, like, like school is rough as shit, whether you do a sport or not. Yeah. School sucks. Oh, absolutely. Being a division one athlete multiplies that by 10. And then imagine just like being fucking hungry all the goddamn time, trying to cut and like trying to make weight for wrestling. Totally. It sounds miserable. Yeah. No, that sounds absolutely awful. And yeah. it's really funny. Um, so... <laughs> The competitive horseback riding industry, I showed um, on a level called the A and AA level, which is basically um, like the national level. I was 34th in the country at one nice. point for um, one of the divisions I showed in. But it is a horrible fucking industry. Like, really? The shit that goes on with people. First of all, there's a lot of abuse of minors that gets swept under the table and then it's just like this abuse of horses yeah so like the most wild thing is there was a case where there was a positive drug test for cocaine but not in a human in a horse and this woman had been giving her horses cocaine to keep them up all night so they would behave in the morning because they were too tired and it's like there's so much money in horseback riding because it's like how much cocaine do you have to give a horse? I also feel like cocaine is not cheap to do that. Maybe that's cheaper than like over like over the counter bullshit or like mm-hmm. whatever they have to do like in a pharmacy. I don't fucking know. Yeah, right. But that sounds super expensive as well. Oh yeah, and then like how terrible this industry is is they hire a lot of illegal immigrants to do like the mm-hmm. barn work and stuff. Um and the woman who got caught doing it said that one of her grooms must have been using it and like when he was giving the horses hay it like transferred to the hay and everyone was like okay like shut up yeah i i was like i was 18 i was about to move to new mexico state long story short uh, i was at a park drinking with some buddies shouldn't have been it was like i don't know 11 30 at night mm-hmm. um i told the officer i wasn't drinking which was not true I still had like two or three beers, which so it wasn't a ton, but I didn't have a lot. Yeah. Um, and then he was like, all right, like he was going to let us go, but he looks at me and he goes, all right, uh, I'm going to need to give you a uh, breathalyzer mm-hmm. to s- see if you can drive. Yeah. And I'm just like, okay. And I'm like, how do the fuck do I get out of this? How do I tell this guy? And I go, you know, I had a beer with my old man at like seven. Oh, good and he was like, Yeah. And he was like. He just flat out told me, he's like, if that's even remotely true, you'll pull, you'll blow a point oh oh. Yeah. And I was all, fuck. Like, that's that <laughs> stupid shit logic. Like, that is dumb logic for her to be like, oh, yeah, like, it must have just, uh, like, hopped up in their nose. Like, what? Right? <laughs> so, were you were you a partier in high school? Were you a bad kid? I absolutely was not. Yeah. I, uh, I remember, like, I think I went to maybe four total parties in high school. Yeah. Um. I was a very dedicated athlete. Um, I'm super naive to the world. Mm-hmm. Um, I try not to be. Like, yeah. When people tell me stuff, I'm like, well, that makes sense. Like, I understand that people do that, but I haven't experienced a ton. Yeah. And I'm okay with that. I'm not like, you know, oh, I got to figure this shit out. But mainly, like, in high school, I was just like, I don't really care to be around it. Mm-hmm. Um, again, 
what like for me and like my family what can go wrong will go wrong so i'm like i'm gonna stay away from whatever can get me in trouble take few and far between on risks and everything will be fine that way absolutely uh the very first time i did go to a party though um went to a party that wasn't like one of my friend's house like we went to someone else's like house out in like aztec new mexico um i blacked out and i still feel like i was like drugged to some extent yeah i could have not as well like i just i couldn't handle alcohol very well but all i remember is like we were standing around i had opened like one or two drinks max and we were standing around about to play rage cage and all of a sudden i just wake up and i'm under an indian rug and i say rug like very strictly I wasn't under a blanket. I was under a rug. rug. And I was like on somebody's couch. And I was just like, what the fuck? And like, look at my buddy who's on like the other couch. I'm like, let's get the fuck out of here. Like 6 a.m. I was just like, oh my God. So to some extent, I'm like, I think I was drugged. But if I wasn't, like, it also makes sense. Like, yeah. again, I'm like naive to that shit. And I also exactly. like, I don't want to know. Like, I don't want to like find out that I actually was drugged. I don't want to know what happened. Like, I'm just like, okay, bad experience. Moving Let's learn on. from that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, moving on. So high I, school wasn't that experimental for me. Yeah, I had, I like you, was like a really dedicated athlete, you mm-hmm. know, and horseback riding is, it's so much more than just riding the horse in and of yeah. itself. Like you're taking care of the horse, like X, Y, Z. And I had like one six month rebellious phase and I, yeah. I threw a party. Are one. you still in that rebellious phase or like? <laughs> I think that I've always like been a rebel my entire life okay. and yeah, you know I, I have always been like I am gonna do my own thing well I take that back for a really long time like especially in my early years of college mm-hmm. I was like you know status quo like blah 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 and then I think the thing that made me the most rebellious was actually being in my sorority fuck yeah dude um because like so many of the girls in Zeta were great girls, but you know, there were a lot of people who were like, Oh, like you're not religious, like you're not XYZ. Sure. And I have never been a cookie cutter sorority type. And yeah. so even like our advisor basically told me that I wasn't gonna do anything with my life. And mm-hmm. I was like, Screw you, I can have fun. And I think a lot of it stemmed from too, like me and one of my friends, we had really good grades all of yeah. college, but we were wild. Yeah. Like absolutely wild and so i think there was a lot of like this is so mean but the girls who gave us the most shit were girls who weren't as wild and they had like 2.0s yeah i mean like and i've been on that side right like yeah super religious i've been on that side of you know like you like judgmental yeah you know uh i've spent a lot of my life judge like judging people mm-hmm. i'm also still super judgmental yeah um so i'm not like saying i've like gotten past all that i'm way better about like dropping it though mm-hmm. but my initial instinct is to judge people so there is this so i'm actually very judgmental like secretly sure. um and one of like the other phrases i really like to live my life by is the first thing that comes to mind when you think about a person if it's a judgment is what society or your upbringing has conditioned you to think Mm. about them and like when you can think of it that way like you can get past it and it's like a really good way of breaking things down and being like is that actually what i think or is this maybe somebody that you know i can get to know and i say that very ironically and i'm a hypocrite because i'm not a man hater sure but i am a man skeptic fuck yeah dude (laughs) i I get it (laughs) like uh the like the thing that i constantly go back to is like uh to your point is like i constantly try to push past it because like 
my judgment always is off. Yeah. It always has been. Absolutely. And it will always be. Um, the first time, uh, I don't know if you remember Andre LaRossi. Yes. So the very first time I met Andre, I fucking hated Andre. Because I was like, fuck this skater dude who looks like a <laughs> Cali bro who everyone in this fraternity, even though he's not in it, already knows him because his older brother was in it. Yeah. And like, he's a fucking tool. Like, all he does is smile. He does always smile. That's not a judgment. That's just fact. Right. And then he became like one of the nicest guys. Oh, I ended absolutely. up being his roommate. Like, and he's one of my best friends. We ended up being like best pals, like my senior year. It was awesome, right? Uh, Jacob Pacheco, my roommate right now. If you would have told me the first night that I met him, or not the first time I met him, but it was um, our 501 party. Mm-hmm. Uh, guys just got accepted into our fraternity. We're in, um, I don't know if you knew Jesus Mora. Zeus. A little bit. Um, so we were out in his house in Anthony. He has a pool. And Checo is just hammer drunk, <laughs> repeating our chant that we have Like as soon as we get done. It's like, I said it's great to be a lamb. That chant. But, I mean, he's, like, going apes. Just, I said it's great. And, like, slapping the water. And I'm like, what the fuck is wrong with this kid? If you would have told me that night that I would have been roommates with him. You would have been, been like, like, fuck you no. You are so fucking off, right? Like, so that, uh, like... A lot of the time, my judgments are off. Yeah. My judgments are far off. And, like, I I love to, a lot of the time, dive into that. I'd mm-hmm. love to dive into someone else that I know nothing about. Absolutely. And yeah. I think I'm almost a little bit of the opposite. Um, I'm not mu- much this way anymore. Um, but I used to be a very, like, I can be friends with everyone, blah, blah, blah. Mm. But I think the funniest misjudgment I've ever had of someone is so... I didn't join Zeta until my sophomore year. Um, Which is tough, by the way. Not yeah. joining when you first get there. Whether people think that or not, they're like, oh, it's the same difficulty. Mm-hmm. I joined a semester late. I understand being, like, I can only imagine your sophomore year. Oh, yeah. And it was funny because they reached out to me. Oh, dope. Like, and I was like, sure, whatever. Like, losing the equestrian team. Like, I have to have a schedule. Otherwise, I go crazy. But at that wedding social, um, Dylan Ferreira, who is one of my best friends now, he is basically my family. Yeah. Um, we see each other a few times a year. He lives up in San Fran, but I was talking to one of the girls in our sorority and I was like, can you introduce me to him? Like, I think he's really cute. And she goes, bitch, he's gay. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, like, oops. I mean, he can still be cute. Like it right? doesn't change the way I feel about that. It's just, he doesn't feel the same about me exactly exactly yeah. so oh my gosh yeah we're we're best friends now um i took him to his first cdc this past fall um nice. i guarantee he's hooked oh yeah. yeah i got him hooked we went to phoenix lights together in 2018 and he's a much smarter person doesn't go on quite the festival rampage that i've been on but sure. it was really special edc is my favorite place in the whole wide world mm-hmm. and it was like really awesome getting to bring him to his first one and we took so you can camp at EDC now, and so we oh, took really? two RVs full of people. We had sixteen people in our group, and then we met up with another group. We had like thirty people in the group, and I think only four of us had been to EDC before. Hell yeah, dude! <laughs> I can tell you right now, when I was in high school, because it was weird. Like I wasn't like a, I wasn't like a goody two shoe. Yeah, um, I loved making super inappropriate jokes. I still mm-hmm. do. Like so. I like to, like, push the boundary and, like, stupid shit that I can say. Absolutely. But, like, I again, I didn't really party or anything. Mm-hmm. But I remember in high school, I wanted to try ecstasy. Yeah. I wanted to do that. I wanted to go to raves. I loved um, electronic music. I loved all of that. Uh, I learned how to, like, shuffle when I was, like, a sophomore in high school. 
rather good at it, if I might add. Uh, I think you and I had a shuffle off one we time may have. at Lambda Kai. I was about to say, I think Kyle Clausen was like <laughs> yes. trying to orchestrate that. Yes, I remember uh, it's that. so funny. <laughs> I don't, I vaguely remember that. Yes. But that, like, I loved it. Like, I loved that whole thought process. Mm-hmm. And then as I, like, got older, like, I don't like going to a brewery that has a lot like live music yeah. and it's just one dude with an acoustic guitar. I'm like, Absolutely. no, I don't even like that. So yeah. like, it's so funny that I thought I would love that. Like I would want to do that. And I'm like, I, I don't really have the desire to do that. Absolutely. And it's really funny with me. I was the complete opposite. Like Lollapalooza is the big one in Chicago. And you know, all of the kids from my high school would go and I would be like, ew. Yeah. Like these people are doing nothing with their lives yeah. and like i wore like my fucking button downs and like yeah, yeah. white pants to school and then i ended up going to sun city randomly like with this girl we're at the casa B pool sun city was in el paso yep cool she looks at me and she goes you want to go to sun city and i was like what the hell is sun city yeah <laughs> and she's like it's the edm fest and i was like sure i'll try anything yeah. once galantis was on the lineup and i knew galantis sure. and we went and i was like when is it and she's like one hour. Yeah. And so we bought our tickets and bought some gems from Walmart and glued them on our faces. And after that, I was pretty hooked. You were ready and, to go. Yeah. And it's been – I don't really ride anymore. My horse is um, still down in Las Cruces. But I'm also someone where, like, I started with it for fun. But I would see the people side stage and I would see the people with media passes and I would be like, how, how do I be that person? Like, yeah. this is – I've considered working in the music industry. I have a lot of connections, but I don't really want it. You have to start from the ground up, and I don't want to. Sure. Um, but I do write for an EDM blog. Um, I'm actually an editor there now. And nice. We've got about 10,000 followers on social hum- media. Humble plug. Tell, tell us where we can find it. Um, so it's called Moon Landing, um, and, but then the A is a V. Um, okay. Be- because I don't know if you know how, like, SEO and backlinking works. So SEO speaking Chinese to me. SEO is pretty much like the order your shit's gonna show up in Google, and mm, we okay. had originally been moon landing with an A, but the problem is we yeah need... you're gonna be like fifteenth page. Yeah, we were. I think we were like fortieth page because oh, it's, fuck. Yeah, yeah, it's like all about um like the actual moon landing. Moon landing, whether it happened, conspiracies. Yeah. and we were like we were trying to figure out one day like what do we rename this blog like mm-hmm. so we can get more hits and everybody's throwing out these words and then one of the biggest stoners goes, what if we just change the A to a V? Everyone's <laughs> like, I, I've i been in like those situations where it's like, you get so pissed off because it was so easy. Right. It's like, Fuck do it like <laughs> fucking flip it like bro you don't even know where you are half the time and all of us are like we have to do this and like what if we change the a to a v and yeah. it's worked if you google it we're the top link now so yeah it worked well but i actually got a text today um there's a really cool festival in palm springs where it's multiple mm. hotels and it's not so much a festival it's a little bit bougier it's called splash house okay and you basically go from like resort to resort to resort and there's all these pool parties and so um, he was like, hey, do you want a media pass to go cover Splash House? And so, you know, it's really cool. I started as someone who was buying tickets to every single festival. And now I'm going to these festivals to work and stuff. And so that it's really cool. It's pretty sweet. Yeah. Do you, Are you like ranking these festivals? Are you judging them? Or are you just blogging like thoughts? Like what, do you, what are you doing in that blog? Um, I do a lot of like festival previews. Like we'll do a lot of like you know, five up and coming artists that you need to check out at Mm. Beyond Wonderland this weekend. I don't write as much anymore um, because I'm an editor. And for a really long time, we only had two editors and like 20 writers. So, you know, Thursday night, Friday is New Music Friday. 
I'm sitting there at like 3 a.m. I'm like, fuck, these people are such bad writers sometimes. Yeah. I'm just kidding, guys. I love you. Yeah. Worldwide audience, they are listening. Yeah. Um, but it's I do a lot of editing. But yeah, we do a lot of um, like recaps, artists, like artists to watch. Um, we started getting a lot of um, like when you release a song, like a lot of artists will send out like the press release to different blogs and but they have one main one that's like the official coverage. And so mm. we've started getting more and more like this is the official release post instead mm. of being like writing about something that was posted by somebody else. So that's super gotcha. cool. Yeah. Nice. And we've been doing artist interviews and stuff. So it's growing. It's growing. Are you doing stuff that's just EDM or are you branching off into other like genres or like what's what's your forte? Mostly just EDM. Okay. Um, I have an Arctic Monkeys tattoo and nice. I started as an indie kid and now I'm there's this copy pasta from Twitter and this girl is like I went balls deep in the EDM scene and so I went balls deep in the EDM scene like that's where I'm at right now. Balls deep is such an aggressive term. <laughs> oh my god! But you immediately know what they're saying. <laughs> so it's like it's like this. It was this girl and it's like it's, there's like a whole subset of Twitter called EDM Twitter and it is just the worst place ever. It is people fighting like all the time. Like drama, 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 and I will admit, I don't, I don't start shit on the internet. Sure. But if I see shit going on, especially if somebody is being stupid, I yeah. have no problem jumping in and being like, "I hope you know you're not the dumbest person on earth, but you better hope he doesn't die." Yeah, dude. <laughs> what is like? What's some like Twitter beef you've gotten into? Oh God, I was. I'm trying to think. I haven't been in like too much beef lately i was more commentary mm -hmm. like just on people being idiots so there's like this whole argument of like bass music people versus house music people and you know most house music people i know like they're a little bit older like it's a little bit more of a chill vibe like everybody's yeah. just there to have a good time and bass heads are like oh and so there was this girl and she was like, I got really excited to go to a show with this guy. And then he said it was house music. And I was like, "Ugh!" and like all of these house heads were like, OK, well, fuck you. Like, yeah. And she's like, oh, my God, you guys are so mean. <laughs> like, I can't believe how mean you guys are. And I'm like, how can you go poke the bear and then be like, oh, my God, the yeah. bear ate me. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I just I made a comment about it. But it's, so it's really funny. So my boyfriend is a bass music artist. Uh -huh. And. It's not that I don't hate that subgenre of EDM. I'm just very selective about it. Sure. And I actually had to make a private Twitter to like vent my thoughts about the basshead community because he was like, listen, if we're going to be together, like you can't be publicly saying this stuff. You hate this shit. <laughs> like you're, that's my fan base. And I'm like, okay, well, I really like your music, but some of these people are just so cringy. Yeah. <laughs> like... Like and even like twenty five, twenty six, twenty seven, you're like, oh my god, dog. Yeah. You know, like they have. There's this thing on Twitter, where you make your Twitter name and it's like whatever your Twitter name is, and then you put the little soon arrow like that emoji, and then it's like soon this festival, soon this local show, soon, and these people will have like ten events in their Twitter name, and it's like, <laughs> what? Yeah, like you're going to all of them? Is that what they're saying? Yeah, like they're okay. going to all of them. And like I went to a lot of festivals last year. I went to eight festivals, but nice. I'm not like putting every single one I'm going to in, in your my bio. bio, right? That's so insane. Some people's bios are cringy enough. Like you're just like, fucking why, dude? I like mine and like this is this might be just as cringy for other people. I fucking love seeing like uh 
just like song lyrics oh yeah song lyrics that's your entire bio and it's something small dope right Do you i fucking love it but my- oh, some people have some weird shit yeah mine says um writer or it says so it was actually this guy from the macy's now i need to know what i have sorry um no you're good it was this guy from the macy's day parade and he's a broadcaster and he's running around and he goes i can go wherever i want i have a credential nobody can tell me no <laughs> yeah and so mine just says i have a credential nobody can tell me no writer editor and instigator fuck yeah dude um but circling back to what you were saying do you remember aim away messages uh wait so you're saying like aol yeah it's a message like i think i think i was just late to that it's weird because like i'll talk to some people and mm-hmm. i was a part of like that myspace era yeah but i never was a part of aol messenger yeah well if, so i did aol messenger a little bit i was way too young for it um but then like even facebook statuses and like myspace do you remember like you would like type out like sad song lyrics you'd be like you had a bad day yeah, yeah. and then you would be like don't text <laughs> <laughs> i never put don't text but i do remember seeing that shit like i also just like i would fuck around and like so many people would just like not like again i'll just like put dumb shit that like some people are like you don't even know what you're saying and i'm like no i know exactly what i'm saying like you don't catch the joke like there's a uh line in uh anchorman so like they have like that little little uh beef like they they run into the other like anchor uh group like across town whatever and they just all they do is talk shit to each other. Yeah. It's Vince Vaughn, like they, no, there's no fight, whatever. And they walk on, and Paul Rudd, like if, if you don't, if you're not listening for it, you may not catch it. But he just goes, "I am very aroused." Like after, like he's <laughs> like passes by, yes, dude. <laughs> and, like if you know it, you know it's so fucking funny. And like I just put that on my uh, MySpace because, like, also I don't know if people remember this. You could put your emotion. So like you yes. would post a status yes. and you'd be like, "What are you feeling?" And you would like, there's a long list of emotions, and like aroused was one of them. And it came up with this super creepy like it wasn't. Uh, I guess it was a, a bitmoji at the time, but like it was just like a like a uh smirk to the side and like wink or whatever and like someone's like i don't think you know what i'm saying i was like i don't think you know what i'm saying (laughs) there so my favorite thing to do on facebook is go back and go through my memories and i actually remade my facebook when i was a sophomore in high school which Mm. thank god i can't see what i posted in middle school sure but even my posts from like high school i like to go back and share that memory and so there was one where I like posted on Facebook, if being the weird horse girl is wrong, I don't want to be right. And I shared it and I was like, shut oh, the fuck up. Dude. God, please shut oh, the fuck up. Dude. I get it. I know I sent this to someone because I was like, what the actual fuck was I doing? Um, I like I had some weird shit, too. I've always been about Twitter. I think I've had like I've had three separate Twitter accounts. I've yeah. had the same one since i think a junior like junior in high school mm-hmm. but i have always loved twitter twitter yeah. has been like my shit right facebook it's like ah family's on there for whatever reason it's not talking shit olds can't fucking figure out twitter oh they, no they still can't and it's pretty user-friendly not at all i fuck with twitter hard like, Absolutely. i love that shit i had a twitter when i was okay so there used to be this subset of twitter and it was called ek anon island and it was all of these equestrians with anonymous accounts like tweeting dumb shit about the horse world and like fighting with each other and this is one of those things i look back on and i'm like oh my god so i thought that i was like the queen of relationships or not even relationships but like hookups and like being Mm -hmm. the chill casual hookup and so i was the slutty equestrian 
that was my anonymous account. And I was 16 years old. And I look back on that and I'm like, what business did I have doing that? And that's when you're kind of like, like, you know, it's, I I think teenagers uh, deserve privacy and stuff and to not be super monitored. But I'm like, dang, like, should I, I should have been more monitored on the internet at that point. I, it's so funny. I definitely, I'm going to get weird for a second. I definitely talked about sex way more at like 17 and 18 than I do now. Oh, and yeah, talk, me too. I talk way more about masturbating now. <laughs> and like, I don't know why at 17 and 18, I was like, I'm fucking crushing it. It's like, I may have had sex once at 17 and maybe twice at 18. Like, right. why was I the expert on that shit? It's like, Absolutely. that's ridiculous. Like, and what the fuck? I think it's funny too. I think women are also kind of on the same wavelength. Do you want another one? Yes, please. Um, you know, like you're all like, oh, like I want to hook up with this guy and even early college and like, oh, he's super hot. And now my friends are like, bro, bro, you gotta try this vibrator, man. Like, Ah, dude, (laughs) that is so fucking funny. I love, like, I love seeing just shit on Twitter. It's like, (laughs) what's the, um, massage tool that everyone's like using now? Oh, it's one of those, um, like it's a called a massage gun yeah massage yeah. gun yeah mm-hmm. and like like people are putting it up to their finger and like you see their finger like rapidly moving right oh my god i don't know if you've seen that tiktok also obsessed with tiktok but um like this guy was all i'm gonna see what this does and all of a sudden it's just like a closed door and it's like babe i'm sorry and he's like i didn't know you could do that she's like i didn't know i could do that <laughs> my favorite is um the TikTok audio, and they'll be like, as soon as he leaves from the hookup, you've got a friend. Yeah, <laughs> it gets me every uh, single time. I I have given up on the thought that, like, I, like maybe not like given up on it, but like, I've definitely accept. Maybe that's the best way to say that. I've accepted that most of my like sexual encounters, she has not come. Yeah. Because that's for you. probably for you. true. You know what I mean? Yeah. I've tried to do the most amount of research and just be like, okay, we're just going to make this as enjoyable. Because, like, most of the time, it's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. She's not going to orgasm. Yeah. But I'm going to do my damnedest to make it enjoyable in the process. Right. Do Good for everything. Because, like, I don't know. Guys and girls function so completely differently. Mm-hmm. And I think that guys, like, because our shit is fucking friction and speed. And, like, girls, it's like... As slow, like slow it down and pressure. Yeah. And if you can accept that and also accept like, guess what, bro? You're not God's gift. Like, yeah. You're not going to make it happen all the time. And if you're just constantly like trying and you're like in tune, it's going to be way better for you. Oh, absolutely. And I think it's like interesting too. And I might be talking out of my ass here a little bit, but like. Also even, me too. So correct me if I'm wrong. Like girl to girl, like no offense to dudes but like you're pretty much all the same so oh 100 like, and every girl is like okay well i need this this and this or i need this this and this and so i think you know and maybe this might be an unpopular opinion but i do think sexual compatibility com- uh, compatibility is super important in a Massive. relationship Massive. massively and that's why like so it's really funny my current boyfriend and i like when we went on our first date um I had sworn that I wasn't getting drunk on first dates anymore. And he takes me out to a really nice dinner. And he didn't even know it was a date. He didn't oh, even, shit. He didn't just even like, know what I looked it. like. And then he was like, and then you showed up. And I was like, fuck, this girl's a smoke show. Nice. So I was like, I'm not getting drunk on dates anymore. And he, we have this nice dinner. And he goes, 
I used to be the resident DJ at Maya. You want to go get fucked up for free? And I was like, absolutely, oh, I, do. I yeah, do. There's, there's exceptions to the rules, right? right. Like, free fuck up, game on. Game like, on. Let's go. Let's go. And so, you know, I was like sitting there at the bar and I'm like, oh, yeah, like I'm, I'm begging. I'm begging this one tonight. And he refused to have sex with me until we Damn. were officially dating. Damn. And he was like, I used to be a really bad guy and like use my DJ status to like sleep around and stuff, which he was never that bad of a guy. Very sure. self-deprecating. Sure. Um, but moral of the story is he didn't want to screw it up with me. And I was kind of like, what if we have sex and it's bad? But mm. there's it. It's not. But nice. that's as much as I'll get. Into He's it. listening, by the way. Yeah. So, right. Yeah. But, um, you know, I think there's such a stereotype or a judgment, especially about women who fuck on the first date. And mm. I am not opposed to that because, like, what if you really like someone and then you have sex and you're like, <sighs> yeah. you know, and it, like you're just not compatible. Like, why would you move past that point? I like I think there's a lot of different like aspects of that. Right. Um, so again, I grew up very religious. Um, I still believe, like, I'm not going to say I don't believe, but I do think there are some principles of like Christianity that still remain true. Yeah. And I think that if you were to be in a committed relationship, could you make that work? Sure. Mm -hmm. To your point, sexual compatibility is massive. Yeah. I just, I, I feel like that first time, there's plenty of times where, like, the first time I've been god-awful. Yeah. And then even, like, the second, third, fourth time, much better. Absolutely. Because right? you learn someone. What is it that, like, is, is like, the fine line for you, though? Like, where you're like, okay, that can't be learned, or, like, this just turned me off. Like, what, like, what is it that is, like, the opposition of that? Well, so, speaking to what we said earlier about how, like, guys are kind of universal and women are like very individual sure i would say like you know how you're like i want to make this like as enjoyable as possible sure. like you can tell like i think right off the bat and maybe the second or third time when somebody is not there yeah for you know you they're getting their own yeah they're getting their own pretty sure. much and that i think i think everybody should draw the fine line at that and even with casual hookups like yeah if you're having casual hookups and the person is clearly there, like, just for themselves. It's like, then what are you getting out of that, you know? Maybe, like, to some extent, like, in your, like, to your argument, too, is maybe not even, like, the hookup itself. But how does it feel, like, post-hookup? Oh, yeah. Because, like, if a guy's trying to get rid of you right away, or like, a guy, girl, whatever, like, if she's trying to get rid of me, it's like, okay, like, this was a hookup for you. Don't, yeah. like, that's fine. But that's not, like, for me in the long haul. Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, I went through like a really bad phase of that and then like that's why I was actually so appreciative of my current boyfriend because I was like damn I've never had a guy like treat me like this and sure, it was yeah. it was very nice and I learned a lot about myself from it but I also as I got older I became a lot more selective like when I got to college I was like oh my god I'm wild and free and like I wasn't super popular in high school and so when i came yeah. to college you know like i got a lot more attention from guys and i yeah. was like hell yeah and yeah, now like <laughs> a guy looks at me at the bar and i'm like what the fuck are you looking at get the fuck out of here bro. exactly exactly i like it's so funny that you say that because every single like, i shouldn't say every single guy that that's painting with a broad brush to your point of like guys are the same like when it comes sexually i i think you're 100 percent right if not 99 percent right yeah 
I'll say for most dudes, maybe not all dudes, there's, there's probably like the top 5% that it's not as big of a deal. They probably get a lot of attention from girls, very attractive guys, uh, maybe just have a lot of confidence, whatever. A lot of us guys, myself included, I, I'll take a smidge of attention. And yeah. I'm just like, oh, it's on. Like, yeah. Let's fucking go. You yeah. know what I mean? And I misconstrued that all the time mm-hmm. in fairness to a lot of girls. But I understand that feeling of like just a smidge of attention. Absolutely. Any like that's why it cracks me up. Like when girls are like, should I shoot my shots? Like, yes, because guess what? It's probably going to happen. Yeah. Most guys don't reject girls just because it's dope to have that attention. Right. And it's not usually the like the other way around. Like I would venture to say, depending on who you are, 50 50 is lucky. Yeah. For like a yes, no, like rejection rate. Oh, interesting. I would say that. Have you heard, so have you heard the phrase, um, men fuck who they can, women mm-hmm. fuck who they want? Mm-hmm. And yeah, like that I is. it's very true. That it's pretty true to an extent. Absolutely. Yeah. I like, don't get me wrong, like guys, like it's, like obviously like that statement's not 100% true. However, it's very, yeah. still very true. Like yeah. I don't think that. There's, like, very few instances that, like, if a girl wanted to hook up and be like, look, I'm good. Yeah. But it's very few and far between. Absolutely. 100%. I'll fuck who I can. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you admit it. <laughs> I'm, like, I, like again, I'm at that point of, like, uh, especially, like, I, I shouldn't say with this podcast. It's just, like, of myself. Like, very much, like, I'm not going to bullshit you. Yeah. You know? Like, yeah. Like, I'll fuck who I can. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to try to make it a good experience. Is it going to work out between us? Maybe not. And that's fine. Absolutely. But like, I'm not going to bullshit. Like also like for people who are listening and be like, oh, that guy's full of shit. Like, no, I'm fucking, I'll tell you exactly what I feel. Oh, absolutely. And I think a lot of that comes with age too. Um, like I've, o- I think I've always been kind of no bullshit like in my life, yeah. but now I'm very like, fuck off. I think, I, correct me if I'm wrong. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to make a, a statement about you and see if, if you think this is true. Mm-hmm. You used to be no bullshit, just maybe not vocal about it. Absolutely. Now you're no bullshit and you don't have a problem vocalizing it. Absolutely. Cool. 100%. Yeah. 100%. And uh, I was kind of bullshit when I moved to Phoenix. Um, mm. And it wasn't because I was necessarily stringing guys along, but I had a lot of relationship trauma when I moved to Phoenix. And mm. I would go out with a guy for a night Um usually wasn't like sleeping with too many people but go out with a guy and then they would hit me up and i first date ghost i had like a trail of men that i just was ghosting and for me i think there's two reasons women ghost um i think it's a little bit different again between guys and girls and so there have been times for me where i'm ghosting because it's like me putting the power back in my hands but i Mm. also think especially after a first date i actually kind of think ghosting is maybe a little bit okay especially from a woman's standpoint because like there are guys who I've gone on first dates with and I'm like this is an unsafe person and like if I try to be like I'm not into you like they're gonna like continue pressing I've had so many people continue pressing and so it's it almost becomes like a safety thing for women ghosting a little bit because it's like I can never talk to this person again sure so does it become scary at that point if you, like, run into that person again? I have – okay. So there was this guy, and he works in the music industry. Dope. And he 
ironically messaged me on Twitter, which is also how I met my boyfriend. Um, and we went on one date. And then after that, I was like, mm, you know, not really. Yeah. Not I'm really good. seeing it. He slept over, but we didn't do anything. True. And he is a manager for some pretty big artists. And I was like, I'm not really feeling it, but I also don't want to sabotage myself in the EDM scene. Sure. And so I didn't block him or anything. I just ghosted and I like muted him on social media. Sure. And every single day for two weeks, he would send me texts and he was like, what are we doing today? Gorgeous. Like blah, 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 blah. And finally one day he texted me at 6 a.m. like two or three, three weeks after I had not responded to this barrage of texts. And he was like, good morning. What are our plans for today? And I texted him back and I was like, what is wrong with you? Like, yeah. do you not get the memo? And then flash forward three months, I'm going through like my filtered DMs, like my message requests. This guy had been responding to every single Instagram story I posted, not just one a day, Yeah. every single one, no matter if I posted 20 stories in one day. And finally, like a week before I had checked it, he just DM'd me in all caps, mean. Just fucking mean. Mean. Straight to the point. Yeah. Like, I think, like, when I message someone on, like, their story or whatever, one, a lot of the time, I'll just fucking say some shit like, dude, you're killing it. Yeah. Like, I'll just, like, tell someone, like, flat out, dude, you're absolutely crushing it. Keep doing what you're doing. Oh, absolutely. Also, like, if I'm going to, like, try to, like, slide into someone's DMs, I'm going to say some outlandish shit. Oh, I want to try to say some outlandish shit and just see if you respond. Because a lot of times, like, I know gorgeous girls get messages all the goddamn time. Uh-huh. It's all they get is fucking messages. Oh, yeah. Like, messages all the time. Like, what up? Like, you're fucking hot. Like, you're not that hot. I don't understand guys that do that. You're not even that hot. It's like, right. What the fuck are you trying to prove? Like, what are you doing? But I try to say some outlandish shit. Like, one of my favorite comments, and this is old. I have not used this, but it, it was so funny to me. Is like, the guy was just like, oh, damn, Maude, you shit with that ass. And I'm like, I fucking think that's the funniest thing ever. So then, like, I kind of spun that one. Like, I'm, if anyone's, like, ever listened to this, you know what I'm about to say. Like, I'm not a butt stuff guy. Anything related to the butt, I'm just like, I'm good. I'm fine. I will say I will suck a fart out of her ass if she asked me to. Like, that is one of my favorite funniest fucking things i'll say has it gotten a positive response not really but like i think it's funny. it's funny yeah so do you have any bad pickup lines that is that 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 was like the one right like so i had like the pickup lines podcast it was just me like that is one of my favorites because again i'm not into butt stuff so it's like that's my qualifier of like oh this girl is like top tier like yeah i'd suck a fart out of her ass if she asked me to oh my god so my favorite pickup line is um are those space pants or not space pants? Well, space pants for this that ass is out of this world. But yeah. are those mirror pants? Yeah, because I can see myself I in can them see later. Myself in them. And we were working at an event one time, and one of the guys that I work with, I was joking around with him, and he had been trying to bag this girl, right? Yeah. And you know, I'm, I'm kind of tipsy, like we're having fun. Sure. And I'm like, you should ask her if the dress she's wearing is a mirror dress, and I didn't think he would do it. Sure. And he says it to her, and she's wearing this fishnet dress. And the next thing I know, she goes, she pushes him down and lifts up her dress and puts it over his head. Dude. And I was like, dude, I was trying to set him up to fail. I can't believe that fucking worked. That fucking worked. worked. I'm a big fan of shit that shouldn't have worked, and it worked. Oh, I love absolutely. That. 
first off, you outed yourself because I did keep that anonymous and I put that response uh-huh. in that episode. So you just outed yourself, but that's okay. You're on the pod. You're fine. The other thing is like I like I had told this story and it's still one of my favorite stories because like, again, I'm usually looking for a laugh. Like if ultimately if you don't reply to me, but like you tell friends like, look what this fucking idiot said, but you laugh about it. It's like, yeah. All right. That's well worth it in my mind. Oh, absolutely. I I am so much more in for the laugh than I am for like a hookup. Oh, I want that. 100%. And like we were talking about DMs and stuff. Like I all of a sudden got this influx. I had like 200 DMs and they had had been filtered for like years and Mm -hmm. I had just never seen them. And I'm going through them. And all of the ones that are like, God, you're so fucking gorgeous. Like, I want to fly you out to wherever. I'm like, ew. Damn. But then yeah, there damn. was there was this guy who had DM'd me, and he DM'd me like two years ago, and he goes, I would hug a cactus, then swim through Arctic waters just to battle a polar bear on a two by four foot um, square of ice with my hands tied behind my back just to have a spaghetti dinner over skype with you with a dial-up connection and Dude. i was like that is the funniest thing anyone has ever sent me like that is hilarious and i didn't reply because it was sure. so old but i was like if i would have seen that at the time i probably would not have gone out with him but i would have been like dude solid rock response on. yes rock solid, on solid fucking response <laughs> there was this one time uh we were in tempe marketplace mm-hmm. uh, it was my two cousins and myself so my cousin mckenzie uh, he's two years older than I am. And my cousin Brian, he's four years older. So we're all two years down the line, right? Mm-hmm. So, and I was like 17 at the time. And just like, again, like if it's worth like, it wasn't going to make her extremely uncomfortable. It yeah. might've made her a little uncomfortable. I'm not going to sit here and say it didn't make her uncomfortable. But I was like, this is way better and like well worth the laugh that my cousins are about to have because I said this. Yeah. And she, this girl's like 26. Again, I'm like 17. And we're at Oakley. I had just bought some glasses. My cousin's checking out. So we're like, we're at like the tail end. Yeah. I didn't realize we weren't that close to the tail end, right? Like I was like, we're like finishing this transaction, but I should be wrapping this up much faster. So I'm just like sitting there and I'm like, yeah. So like, how do you like working at Oakley? I don't even remember this girl's name. Um, she's like, yeah. She's like, you know, it's cool. Like whatever, you know, it's uh, it's a good job. I was like, mm-hmm. that's cool. I was like, I worked at Oakley. And she was like, really? And I was like, yeah. And, like, my cousins are, like, both like, what the fuck? They're like, when did you work at Oakley? Like, again, I'm 17. I'm from Farmington, New Mexico. Like, there's no Oakley store. There's maybe a Sunglass Hut. And so I'm like, yeah. I was like, you know, I worked at Oakley. And she's like, where where did you work at Oakley? I'm like, I was, like, just outside L.A. And she's like, she's all, really? And I was like, yeah, yeah. And they're like, what the fuck is he saying? And so, like, all of a sudden, you know, we're just, like, talking. I was like, yeah. I was like, um, so, like, how do you like working in Oakley? I was like, it's cool. Like, you know, I enjoyed it. Like, I got some cool glasses. Um, I was like, but ultimately, like, I think you guys are, like, overpaid. And, like, at this moment, like, both my cousins are like, what the <laughs> fuck are you saying? Like, what is happening right now? And I was like, I was like, yeah, I think you guys are overpaid. And she's like, really? Like, you think so? I was like, oh, for sure. I was like, you guys are so overpaid, whatever. And she's like, huh, that's really weird. I was like, so much so that I think you should give back to the community and give me your number. <laughs> and like my cousin Brian, my cousin Brian just like out loud was like, oh shit. Like, fucking, and she just like sits there and just kind of like does that. Like, I don't know where to go and I don't know what to say. Just like this, like, oh, uh, and like, it like just made me laugh. And then like, it was like, I, I think it was like so bad that like 
at that or like so bad in like time perspective that like she was like telling my cousin Mackenzie like so that'd be like 142 or whatever his sunglasses so oh, I was like yeah. we weren't that close to like checking out and like all of a sudden again my cousin Brian she's like super matter of fact and he's just like well, this is awkward, and I just like walked out of the store. I oh yeah, like, <laughs> you get a you get a pass because you were seventeen. But it's so funny that you bring yeah. up Oakley and Sunglass Hut. Um, so I have my I call it my jobby job. That's like my salaried like pay the bills job. But when I first moved out to Phoenix, I had mm-hmm. actually planned on getting back into fashion, and oh, nice. so um, I didn't get this job when I moved into Phoenix. I moved there in August. Um, I got my jobby job in October, but when I moved there, I actually had gotten hired as the associate manager at a sunglass hut. Nice. And they were like, okay, um, well, we're really understaffed, so would you still be able to work for us a little bit until we can get a new staff person in? And it's been almost three years, and they never got anybody new, and they would get somebody new, and then somebody would quit. So I'm still, I'm actually still casual part-time at Sunglass Hut. And I think that if a 17-year-old kid had said that to me, I would actually bust up laughing um, because it's not a lot, but once or twice a week. Like, And it's not dudes our age. It's all older dudes who are like, yeah, I want to buy this. And can I also buy you dinner? And I'm like, Uh, oh. Dude, there's some cringy (laughs) shit. We were at um, – like, and that's the thing is like I try to make like shit light, right? Like I want to make it light. I want you to like – First off, I want you to know I'm joking. Yeah. Um, and if you give me your number at that point, that's on you. Absolutely. Like, I wasn't – that's what I told everyone. I'm like, I wasn't expecting her to give me her number. Yeah. I really was not. Yeah. Totally fine. Just like it was there for the laugh. Made her uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. All right. My bad. I didn't mean to make anyone uncomfortable. It was well worth the laugh. I like – I hate when guys say – incredibly stupid shit oh yeah like incredibly dumb shit like we were at hooters and uh one of my buddies ordered uh wings but he ordered them naked <laughs> and in my mind and i didn't ask her i should have asked her this because i i've like i don't give a fuck like if i like if you're my server i'm not gonna try to make you uncomfortable by hitting on you yeah. but i'm gonna like ask you some shit like and i should have normally i do but like i was like i wanted to ask her how many times do like grown men go and uh, do you also come naked? Because I guarantee that's been asked to that girl and several other women several times. So full disclosure, I was a Hooters girl. Fucking yes. I was that a Ho- had to have happened. I was a Hooters girl in Las Cruces. And I actually think I only got that once or twice. And okay. working at Hooters, I've worked several other serving jobs. And it was actually the most fun serving job I've ever really? had. And most of the managers at Hooters are men, and you would think that would be kind of weird. Sure. Um, but it actually, like, the guys, um, the managers at the time at Hooters Las Cruces were awesome. Like, they had cool. a strict no-touching-the-girls policy. Like, yeah. if somebody was doing some fuck shit, they would throw them out. Yeah. Um, the craziest thing that I got was there was this guy, and he was sitting right by the wait station, and I'm walking back to the wait station, and he grabs me by the shoulder. Oh, shit. And turns me around, and he goes, hey you're really pretty. And I was like, oh, like, obviously at Hooters, you get that all the time. And I was like, oh, thank you, whatever. And he goes, yeah, you should be a hooker. You'd make a lot of money. Jesus Christ. And I like run to the back. I'm like, help me, Manny. (laughs) Like, (laughs) Oh my God. Like, I don't understand what like goes through like guys' heads in those moments. Also, like the fact, like, I'm not trying to be, like, mean to dudes, and I, I, I try to promote that as well, right? Like, all girls try to promote, like, be a girl boss and, like, yeah. fucking shoot your shot. 
I also think guys need to be um, more apt to shoot their shot. Mm -hmm. But the problem isn't guys that don't shoot their shots. The guys right now, sorry, the problem is guys right now, good Lord, I'm like burping all over the place. The problem is guys right now that already shoot their shot. Yeah. Those are the guys that have like so much confidence, but it's not even confidence, just arrogance and like just being stupid. Like, and there's like naive. Oh, yeah. And it's always so I was going to say um, like how it's always older guys at Sunglass Hut. Um, it's just like my first thought is always, how have you made it to be this old with zero fucking game, dude? Oh, dude. <laughs> It's so bad. It's so bad. And, like, a lot, yeah, and a lot of guys are, like, like just, oh, yeah, for sure. Like, this is this is going to work. And it's, like, I again, so just as a person and then, like, also trying, like, stand-up and stuff, I'm full in on trial, trial and error. I get you're going to try stuff that's not going to work. Oh, yeah. But, like, how, like, what is, like, the hint and, like, also, like, just – have a conversation. I'm much like more apt instead of like a pickup line. Try to like work in a conversation that's like funny. Absolutely. Like there was another time. Fast forward to almost a year later. We're at state track senior year. I've already finished all my classes. We're about to like graduate. We're at state track or, or it's right before state track. The day before. We're about to go eat dinner. Um, all and like anyone that's listened to the pickup lines episode. Apologize. I'm retelling these stories. But um, we get there. And all the athletes are, like, pre-ordered for. Yeah. They're, we're going to have spaghetti. We're going to have salad. Um, I think maybe we got, like, a dessert. Whatever. But it's pre-ordered so, like, we don't go fucking extravagant and order some bullshit, right? Right. Also, so we don't, like, go overboard and, like, we just perform, like, shit the next day. So, all the athletes are spoken for, but yet the coaches get to order. So, I thought there was three coaches. Turns out there might have been, like, five. Mm-hmm. Well, all of a sudden... You know, we're like walking up and there's like 30 of us, coaches, coaches included, athletes, whatever. All of a sudden, like the host, she goes, oh, how many uh, menus? And I was about to say something. One of the coaches is like, we just need three. And she's like, all the athletes have been spoken for. All of a sudden she goes, wait, I mean four. And then like uh, all of a sudden she goes, oh, wait, wait I mean five. All of a sudden, like, someone else goes, oh, no, no, we need six. And I go, you know what? We need seven. I was like, you know what? I'm bad with numbers. Can you give me yours? And, like, in front of the whole track team, the whole track team starts busting up laughing. And, again, this poor girl is probably uncomfortable. Again, my point is not to make you uncomfortable. But if you're going to, like, tell me, okay, this girl's going to be a smidge uncomfortable and the rest of the team's going to laugh, I'm going to take that risk. Yeah. And, like, is that right? Maybe not. But I'm going to do it. Yeah. <laughs> like, inappropriate or not and you know what is like this is probably the worst part um but like like there have definitely been situations where like that made me uncomfortable in the moment but that's also a great fucking story to go back and tell someone again i was i was 18 when i said that i fucking was just like and i was just fucking around i thought it was so funny in my mind i was like fuck it the funny part is is that like during the meal she was like staring at me <laughs> and, I, and then in turn i became uncomfortable Guess who doesn't get to complain about that? Me. Because I made her uncomfortable to begin with. Yeah. And so yeah. that's actually one of my favorite things to do at Sunglass Hut. So um, I've been kind of bad about it recently. I'm usually like, oh, haha, like I have a boyfriend. But sure. I, when guys like ask me out at Sunglass Hut, my favorite thing to do is come up with the most wild response. And I always go, I'm a lesbian. And like, and then just look at them and they're like, okay. Yeah. Goodbye. <laughs> I. 
it's not even like a joke anymore. It started as a joke. I am infatuated with lesbians. Are you really? Oh, a hundred percent. So I am actually like bisexual, out okay. bisexual, and but what so what's really funny is bisexual women. Um, there's like this huge thing where it's like bisexual women love women, but they're too afraid to talk to them, so they date mm. straight white guys who look like wet cigarettes. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> I don't know what it is, but like like the more like butch lesbian you are, like the more infatuated I am. Oh yeah, and that's totally my type too. I'm like and I don't I don't have like I like and I'm I'm being as transparent as possible. Have I like had thoughts of like am I gay? I've had those thoughts and I'm like I'm just not. Like yeah. dudes 100% don't do it for me. Yeah. That's fine. Like I'm not trying to like hide something i'm just like no like i've i've done a deep dive yeah am i gay i'm like i don't think i am am i bisexual i'm like i don't think i am and like that's really good for you too because i think there's like so many guys out there so like sexuality is a spectrum you know and there's so many guys who are like i am not gay like i am not gay and i would like ever fucking consider that never so like good for you for like doing the thinking and like deep diving when it's like especially uh, like if there's ever been a time in history where it's like acceptable it's like why wouldn't you do that deep dive right now why would you not just like sit there and go you know what let's just fucking think about this like like and i like the other thing is i've always been comfortable with my sexuality to be like Uh yeah it's a good looking dude yeah dude like oh that dude has a fat ass or the dude's got good shoulders good for him yeah you're i'm like I'm not attracted to him. You're, well, you know? you're straight, not blind. Yeah, like. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Fair fucking point, right? Like, like why, like why are we saying? Like, I remember thinking that there's so many things that, like, just growing up, because especially you know in conservative fucking Farmington or like conservative America, right? Yeah. You grow up with these thoughts of like the the, and I'm gonna say this, and it, it might ruffle some feathers, but this is just fucking true. Like the thought of what a is like a real thing people yeah. grew up with that like expression i Absolutely. grew up with that expression i like and it's so like damaging because guys grow up with this like oh i can't like they like roll their shoulders back like i can't be gay can't be gay right yeah. like they fight that like stereotype and it's like i don't know man like i still like pina coladas like that doesn't make me homosexual like Do you also like getting caught in the rain i love getting caught in the rain <laughs> I couldn't even think of, like, the next line in there. But, yes, like, do I like that shit? Yeah. And, like, the other part is, like, it was weird to give other guys compliments growing up. Yeah. No, Why? absolutely. Like, and it was, like, if someone tried to venture out of, like, a comfort zone, right? Um, Whether that was, like, a V-neck or, like, a, a different hat or whatever. Guys were like, what the fuck are you doing, dude? Like, oh, you fucking look stupid. Yeah. And one of, the like, my favorite things from Lambda Kai was just to sit and go, dude, you're fucking rocking that. Oh, absolutely. And it's like, why don't we do that more often? And, like, I think a thing that, like, speaks to that, too, about, like, how society is changing is can you imagine if somebody tried to wear a romp him in 1999? Bro. Like, and now there's all of, like, my favorite thing is when frat guys show up at a tailgate and they're in matching romp hymns. Like, I fucking love a romp oh i love a romp him but like if you had tried to do that you know 20 25 years ago people no would have been like not even like okay so that's the other part right it's like it's not even like 20 25 years ago like 10 years ago right like when the hangover came out like he goes paging doctor yeah 
And yeah. like that was completely fine at the time. Absolutely. It, it was fine. Hot tub time machine. They say shit like that. It's like, it, it wasn't like, it wasn't even like societally like damned mm-hmm. by saying that stuff. And I'm not sitting here saying this stuff. Like, I probably shouldn't have even said that. Right. Yeah. But it's like, that was fine. That was part of like our culture. And it was just like, you just throw that out there. Right. And it, And I don't, I don't understand that part, but I'm glad like, so, so back to like the point of like, no, like I'm completely, and I, I've always been comfortable with like my sexuality. I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm good. Like, and I'm comfortable enough to sit here and think like, do I find men attractive? Do I oh, find absolutely. this? Like, do I, is there something that makes me want to go, you know what, let's give that a shot. And like, even if I go, you know what, let's try it. I'm like, I'm not into that. Yeah. And so it's like, okay, like they don't comfortably like, okay, I'm a straight dude. Yeah. Or, or, or whatever the classification may be. I, I'm, I'm terrible with, you know, whatever the, the identifying might be, um, correct terms. Sure. Mm-hmm. But now it's like, now I'm way more comfortable yeah, with my absolutely. sexuality. Why would you not want to find that? 100%. And, you know, I think that like being comfortable in your straightness is like great too, because like, at least like what you said, like you can give another guy a compliment without being like yo no homo yeah oh dude (laughs) like do you remember when that was such a thing like it's still a thing like it's so funny that you say that i was about to say like my so i work with a guy i'm just gonna leave this super vague we were on like we were on a an incentive trip we're in saint george utah the next day we're gonna go to vegas but we're sitting and it's just four guys myself included and he's like he's like yeah he's like you know what guys he's like no homo but like we should probably get a picture tonight and it's like how is that like no homo like it's like one guy said that and like i i think he's also he's expressed later on and i'm, I'm again i'm gonna be vague he's expressed that he doesn't just identify as straight there's a yeah. lot more to him but he's like why would that be homo it's like right we're just taking a picture like, exactly pictures don't care like they don't go like okay what filter do you want okay and then what sexuality are you like or like where what do you identify as like no one gives a flying fuck. Take a goddamn picture, dude. Like, yeah, right. It's a bunch of dudes taking a picture. It's fine. And I also think, like, too, you know, like, having to say no homo is, like, people having, like, kind of, like, their internalized oh, so, homophobia. So much. And I'm so glad as a society that, like, we are moving yeah. past that and kind of being more accepting of who we are and, like, comfortable in our sexualities and stuff. It's, it's really cool to see. And for, like, as much as I shit on Gen Z kids, like millennials were kind of born into i'm the last year a millennial so mm. i'm you know zillennial how old are you right now i'm 25 i'll be 26 okay. in september so i'm halfway there um god what was i saying oh but yeah, so sorry. i think gen z like millennials were kind of born into this culture of like we don't really like this but we kind of have like the shit that we want to change and then the gen z kids man these kids are just angry Oh, dude. They're just pissed off. They can't make their own doctor's appointment, but they'll throw a brick through a window. Oh, my God. There's some shit that, like, I, like, so my cousin Jocelyn is Gen Z. Uh-huh. And I'm not picking on her here, but there's some stuff that I'll just say, and she'll, like, she'll just spout off with some shit. And I'm like, okay, let's let's pause. Mm-hmm. Like, and I'm good with what you're saying. But I need you to understand what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, and, and then I'm going to, I'm going to give the full fucking story is I went to FX here, mm-hmm. the gay bar here or a, a gay bar. Not, the, it may be the, I've it may been, be the spot, right? Been to FX. Yeah. Yeah. I also had a great fucking time. The one thing that made me uncomfortable was the 
like whatever gender bathrooms. Yeah. And it wasn't like, and I said that and she was all fuck societal norms. Fuck that. Fuck gender norms. Like you should be. And I like, I was like, hold on. I was like, there's no dividers between the urinals. I don't give a fuck who you are. I just don't want to pee in front of you. Yeah. And all of a sudden she's like, like she kind of smiled and laughed. She's like, okay. Like that's, and I'm like, like, there's also, like, and I may be wrong in this, but, like, I feel like there's also no, like, stall doors. And I'm like, I also don't like that. Like, I don't like that, like, stall doors in America have fucking gaps that you can see into. Oh, like, it's like yeah. a magnifying glass. Have you seen them in, like, Europe and stuff? Like I've seen pictures. I've never I've, been out of the country. I um, haven't either. I've only been to, like, Mexico and stuff. But, um... I've not even, I've not even been to Mexico. Oh, so I've really? Never, I've never been out of the country. But, like, everywhere else in the world, like, there are stall doors and bathrooms. Like, it's a fucking door. Yeah, and it's so, a door, like, dude. <laughs> I have um, a few friends who are from other countries and stuff, and they're like, man, the weirdest part about America is your fucking bathrooms, yeah, dude. dude. Like, <laughs> the other day... I I was at the, at the mall I work at. I was in the bathroom and there's a lady in the stall next to me and I can hear she has two dogs and all of a sudden there's a dog in my fucking stall. I'm trying to pee dude. and I'm like, dude, but so on kind of a side note, I think having non-gendered bathrooms are the best thing ever because if you'll notice, even if like at a concert venue, um, the bathrooms don't have genders. Like men and women will still kind of separate themselves. But yeah. the fact that they're non-gendered is awesome because the guy's line moves so much faster. I, again, I really don't give a shit. Like, yeah. If, and if you, like, want to go to the guy's restroom, it doesn't bother me. Um, I do think they're, like, let's let's take a pause. I do need to pee. I do want to get into this conversation, but I do need to use the restroom. Okay. Cool. We're talking. Yeah, we're at uh, 133 officially. Yeah, we're Good we're in us. this. Yeah, for sure. Cheers again. Been been a very fun one. So let's let's try to not to fuck it up. But I am gonna say this. So talking about um, non gender bathrooms, I'm completely fine with it. I truly am, and I think that ninety nine point nine percent of people are there to use the fucking bathroom. Oh right. They're, they're there to piss. Like yeah. I also like heard from a comedian who's like. It's like, like we're we're like gatekeeping bathrooms now. <laughs> like you you like you don't have the same genitals as me. Like we can't pee in the same spot. It's like it's pissed, dude. Like relax. Yeah. I do get concerned with children, and my my argument against that is okay. Well, be a better fucking parent. Absolutely. Any child that goes into any restroom under ten by themselves, you like. Be a better fucking parent. Absolutely. There are creeps, right? There and and I think we can I'm gonna paint with a broad brush. Maybe maybe not everyone can agree to this, but I think I think it's uh safe to say there are some creeps that have ill intentions against children, and that I think that boy or girl in any restroom could be under attack at any time. Absolutely. And I think that's like why to like, you know, family restrooms are a good thing too. Like we need family restrooms and yes. like that's I think that's part of it. But you know, with adults it's like, bro, what fucking ever? Like that's yeah. how I, that's how I live my life. I'm like, if it doesn't affect me in any way, shape or form, like yeah. I do not give a fuck. Yeah. Like it doesn't it doesn't matter to me. And yeah. I, I'm glad that's where our culture is moving more towards because I think in the past we've been so up in arms about what other people are doing and i'm like 
if you concern your life so much with what other people are doing, that's a you problem. Like sure. that's not a them problem. I like I get I get defensive uh, when it comes to children. Yeah, children is where I get like really defensive. Oh, absolutely. I think we all should be. A hundred percent. Um, something that I learned again. So when I worked at Pine Cove, it was a Christian camp. Mm-hmm. A lot of things that worried me about uh, Pine Cove. I loved my time there. I'm not going to sit here and be like, oh, like it was a bad camp. No, no. There's things that concerned me, but I loved my time there. One thing that I learned there, and like I still hold this today, is the rule of three. So the rule of three was always there's got to be three people in the room at all times. Mm-hmm. Uh, behind closed doors. You're outside. Doesn't matter. Hip, yeah. hip, hooray. Do your thing. Um, if you're beyond, but like, I, I say, actually, that's not even true. If you're beyond like a vantage point and like, you know, you're behind a, a wall or something again, rule of three, it's gotta be three people there. Yeah. Um, so even now, like if I go into, you know, target and I'm in the restroom and I just see like a little kid and I am, it's nothing wrong with the kid running in there being naive, which is fine. Right. Yeah. He's, he's just like, I'm going to the bathroom. I'll take myself out of the situation. Yeah, good for you. I'm like, I, I don't want to, like, I don't want to, one, concern a parent, but two, I'm like, I don't want that, let's just call it as a, a Gen Z term or a millennial term, like, I don't want that smoke. Like, I'm yeah. good. I don't, I don't want that. And like, ultimately, like, it's just going to be better off if I'm just like not even in the room. Yeah. And, and it's not like, I don't have any ill intentions against a child. My point being is just, let's, let me just remove myself. If there's a parent behind them, dope. I'll also go to the restroom. Absolutely. And I think that would actually make a lot of parents, like, more comfortable, too. Um, so, like, I don't really want kids. My boyfriend and I are both very much on the same page. Like, we don't really want kids. And, like, one of the reasons that I want them it, or don't want them is that was not a Freudian slip, by the way. <laughs> yeah, you're like, like, I do. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Shit. No, one of the reasons I don't really want kids is, like, my dogs, like, I love my dogs so fucking much. And if something bad were to happen to my dogs, I would be an absolute train wreck. And I think there's so much really scary shit in the world. I don't actually think it's worse than it's ever been. I think we're just more exposed to it with social media. 100%. But, like, if I were to have a child and something – I'm already overprotective of my fucking dogs. Sure. They're not even the same species. And, like, if I were to have a child, like, I don't think I could handle that, you sure. know? Like – if I saw you go into a bathroom and my kid was there alone, I would be like, "Oh fuck, fuck no!" You, yeah, yeah. You're like this, like this dude just has to pee. Yeah, like, right. Fuck you, dude. Absolutely, absolutely. So again, props to you for seeing that because, like, if I do that, I think it's a little bit different for girls too. But like, if if sure. I see a kid running around somewhere, like, I'll stop them and be like, "Hey, where is your mom? Like, yeah. are you doing okay?" And like, if they're like, "Oh, she's right over there," I'll be like, "Cool." And I've had a couple kids like be like i don't know where my mom is and i'm like okay let's let's go find your mom because the fact that you are running alone in this fucking target is like not as safe as you might think so to to your point right like it's it is different for women and i'm not sitting here being like fucking girls get this i'm not saying that like so many more luxuries that guys have and that's fine um maybe it's not fine but you get my point yeah my my point being is that Women have a luxury that guys don't, and that's okay. Just guys need to be aware of that. Yeah, like absolutely. My my point being is like, okay, so if 
I have the same situation. I have the same care for a child. Absolutely. But I have to, even though like, uh, like COVID's kind of coming down or whatever your stance is on COVID, it's like, okay, I'm going to keep my CDC guidelines and stay six feet away from the kid. Oh, and yeah. And still ask a question. Hey, bud, where's your mom at? I might yeah. do the same thing, but if he like walks towards me, I might take a couple steps back. Cause Absolutely. I'm like, I'm going to keep my distance. And, you know, like I may like, and so if anyone's seeing this, I'm like, I'm not going up to the kid. I'm not like hand on the shoulder, whatever. I'm a physical touch person. So even yeah. when I coach like the wrestling team and stuff, whenever a kid comes to talk to me, I'll like grab him by the arm or I'll, like yeah. put an arm around him. Like what's going on, bud? Like I'll, I'm a very physical touch person, but I do understand it's like, that's not very acceptable when it's a six-year-old in Target, like, you know, if that's the the scenario, I'm like, okay, still have care for the child, but as, like, a guy, I don't really have that luxury. Absolutely. And it's not even that, like, I cared to, like, to have it. I really mm-hmm. don't. But I'm like, you, like, guys just have to be a little bit more aware of, like, how it may be um, seen. I'm just like, no, like, I'm, I'm going to keep my distance, but I'm still, like, I may grab an employee, be like, hey, man, six-year-old here, and then move about my day. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, I think, too, as we move more towards like gender equality, you know, that is something that hopefully can be dropped in the future. You know, like I said, I'm not a man hater, but I am a man skeptic. Sure. And hopefully like that can become better in the future, because at the end of the day, one of my favorite sayings is look for the good people. Yeah. Like look for the good people. There's a lot of bad people, but there's a lot of good people, too. And, you know, as we progress forward, that's something I hope that we can realize about everybody. Yeah. You know, moving on. Like, I've had some really nice guys take care. So I actually, I got roofied in Vegas. Fuck. Um, and it was the second time I had been roofied. And I was in this guy's hotel room and nothing had happened. But I kind of blacked out and blacked back in. And we were sitting on his bed and I was like, I need to get the fuck out of here. I need to get the fuck out of here right yeah. now. And I'm like running barefoot through the MGM and I crash into this group of guys and I'm like, I think I've been roofied. Can you help me find a security guard? And they were like, fuck yeah, man. Like we are going to get you back to wherever you need to go. And they found a guy security guard and we were staying at Hooters right across the street from the MGM. Yeah. And the security guard was going to walk me back and a couple of the guys were like, we're going to go with you. Yeah. Like, th- like you got to look for the good people. They're out there. Yeah. You know, so many people are assholes, but. I like, I I tend to be in, and I'd love to pick your brain on this. I tend to believe that more people are good than bad. Yeah. And that's just like the eternal optimist in me. Mm-hmm. Um, Anytime there's like a situation. So we were in Vegas in March. Um, we were there for the WAC tournament watching the Aggies. Guns up. Um, and we were in like the secret pizza place, which I think it's fucking hilarious. They call it the secret pizza place. Like you can easily find it in the Cosmo. Yeah. Um, dope pizza. I'm not arguing that. Anywho, um, we were there. We got to the front of the line. We're kind of like just standing like in a weird area. We're all like pretty drunk. And these guys just kind of like shimmy past us. And not in like a, you know, like they're trying to get in front of us, but like just kind of like I, I felt I felt like they were like, oh, like they got their order in. So they start getting in front of us. One of my friends is like, hey, hey, like kind of and mm-hmm. guy stops. He's like, oh, he's like, have you guys ordered? And, you know, his wife was like, no, we haven't like whatever. And then it's like, cute cute you think we ordered like you know like uh the back of the lines back there and he's like ma'am like we've been behind you this whole time so i'm i'm not like a peacemaker per se but i'm also like i i see the good in people yeah way more often 
And does that bite me in the ass? Absolutely. Absolutely. But I like to think that more people are good than more like than people are bad. Yeah, 100%. Okay, so I have a complete sidebar nosedive off of that. But do you ever think about how many just absolute fucking crackheads you see in late night pizza places? So I haven't been to a ton of late night pizza places. But to your point of like just seeing crackheads. Yeah, sometimes I worry about that. Or like how many people have you stumbled across that? I Again, I'm, I'm a naive person. Mm-hmm. So I'm like. How many people have I been across that like are meth users or like crackheads or like whatever? It's like how many people have I just stumbled across that are just or like heavy users of anything? Yeah. And like when I say crackheads, like I use that term like loosely. Loosely, but, for like, sure. So what was the burrito place next to effects? Was that it's not last call, was it? I can't remember, but it closed. And there was yeah, this I think tweet. it was I think it was last call. Let me look it up. And it somebody was like it was closing. They were like, well, where the fuck else are we going to watch people fight each other over burritos <laughs> at 2.30 in the morning? I think it was last call. Yeah. Um, by the way, they have fucking amazing food. They still they still have a place on the west side, if I'm oh, not mistaken. Oh, do they? Yeah. Um, like, that, like, that's an important distinction, too. Good enough that, like, late night, it's, like, dope. Yeah. I had good food. I'm not driving to the west side to go get last call burritos. No, absolutely not. Especially yeah. not after a few drinks, but... It's kind of sucks in Phoenix because we don't really have places like that. Like, we've got a few places that are like late night food, but like you come home from the club at Phoenix and it's like go to bed, like, like, yeah. I mean, you guys have In and Out. How how late is In and Out open? In and Out's open till one, most of them. Okay. So they're not even open Dude, after the clubs. I'm glad you brought this up. So, like, speaking of late night food, I forgot we ran into you. Uh, in 2020, might I add. Yes. In February. I remember this. Because we were there for the Waste Management Open. And we ran into you and then we went to... Because we, we were at the piano bar and then we went to some place that was like the alcohol version of like Chipotle. Yep. What was that place called? Oh, God. Um, I, I can picture the font. We go there all the time. I don't know why. I, oh, Illegal Pete's. Illegal Pete's. It's called Illegal Pete's. Yes. So, funny story about that night circling back to men who have no game. I'm sorry. I feel like that's all this podcast has been about. So, there was this guy. He will not be named. um, And one of the girls I was with, who will also not be named because we're no longer friends, he had been hitting on her all night. And they had been, like, DMing and stuff. And we were in Tempe. He was staying in, excuse me, Central Phoenix. And we checked the Uber rates for him to get home. Mm. And out outrageous for his hotel and i was like i live about um where i live in the valley area it's a neighborhood that's very central i'm 10 minutes from old town 15 minutes from downtown tempe 15 minutes from downtown phoenix gotcha and so i was like hey um it's 50 bucks to get back to your place there's surge pricing it's downtown tempe on a fucking friday or saturday or whatever it was uh let's split an uber back to my place and then you can uber from there because i live in a pretty quiet neighborhood like it's gonna be like 15 bucks tops for you sure so we go back to my place and i'm like yeah you can come inside for a minute like whatever and i'm not trying to be like uh, like yeah, like yeah. i'm like just come inside like i've known this guy for years and he's sure. been hitting on my friend so we get inside and he sits on the couch and he's like scrolling on his phone and i think he's calling the uber and he goes uh so are we gonna fuck and i was like oh my god dude <laughs> i looked at him and i was like i think you should leave full transparency <laughs> moment so I was 15 or 16. Um, 
sober interaction. So not a shining moment for your boy. Um, I was hanging out with this girl. I was just like super horned up as like any 15 or 16 year old oh, boy yeah. might be. Right. And we're like hanging out and she's like, even being like kind of flirty, but not even like a, like, like, why aren't you like, like my, my parents weren't home, but it wasn't even like a, like, why aren't you kissing me? It was just like, just like banter. And she was yeah. like, I could tell she was like into me, but I was like, one, I was like not flirting back. And I was just like mad that like stuff hadn't happened and I had made no move. So where I got off is beyond me. But like all of a sudden I just like turned to her, like, cause we were playing like a video game, which I knew she didn't want to play. And, like, I'm not a big gamer, so I don't know why we were doing that. This whole story makes zero sense. I look fucking terrible in this story. But I just, like, turned her, and she says something, and I'm like, do you want to have sex? And then she, like, has, like, someone call her, like, like a fake call of, like, oh, I need you to come, like, pick me up. And I was, like, so, like, confused. And looking back at it, it's like, yeah, motherfucker, like, that's worked zero percent of the time for any people that aren't dating right like maybe if you're dating somebody like you want to have sex maybe that works for you oh absolutely a lot of the time and i would venture to say almost all the time that does not work if you're not dating that person oh yeah and it's so funny because you said somebody like had her call you i still do that at 25 like my friends will be on dates and i'm like let me know if you need me to have a personal emergency all of a sudden it is the exit plan yeah the absolute exit plan I, like, oh, I felt like such an idiot, like, years later. Like, because at the time, I'm like, oh, fucking, I was just being open with this person. It's like, you're not being open. You're just being fucking direct and, like, a, a creep. Yeah. Oh, yeah. my God. And I think as teenagers, like, we should all kind of get passes because, like, when you're a teenager, you're a fucking idiot. Yeah, like, dude. <laughs> like, as a girl, you know, we're talking about dumb shit that guys do. But I did so much dumb shit when I was a teenager. Like, we were talking about, like, Facebook statuses and yeah. stuff. Like, you get you get a pass. I think once you're, like, past 21, like, especially out of college, like, you got to stop giving passes. But, like, teenagers, like yeah you're you're an idiot like your your brain is not formed i like my one of my favorite shows is big mouth because it's just so true and like accurate and like everyone has like those hormone monsters and like has like shit they're like you you think so irrationally and you just act and all of a sudden you're like why the fuck did i do that you think about that years later like years later I think I have a lot of suppressed memories because I don't think about things I did as a teenager, but like things I did in college, I'm like, oh my God, like, yeah. who is going to remember this? I'm worried about a lot of shit that I did. I like, honestly, if we're, if we're being completely transparent, I grew up like, I'm not even going to sugarcoat it. I, I like grew up racist and I grew up like homophobic, right? Yeah. Like it's going to happen in rural America, right? Like I just... I grew up uh, Christian. I don't think Christianity is the issue there. I think it's the people that fucked that up. Like, I just grew up with family that it was like, oh, there's those natives again. And it's like, okay, that's not exactly the issue, right? Yeah. Things that I tell people a lot. um, Is there issues that I see arise with Native American culture? Sure. But there's an abundance of them. Anytime you have an abundance of anybody, you have abundance of white people, you're going to find white trash very quickly. Oh, you're gonna absolutely. Fi- and you're going to find a lot of like stupid shit that happens with any culture that has an abundance of them. 
yeah and you're being around a lot of them you're gonna see good and you're gonna see a lot of bad absolutely and i mean like there's a reason like one of the most common like frat party themes is white trash you know i love it like it happens and it's out there and you know it's just it's so interesting so like college really changed me um and like i hate saying this now because it sounds so pretentious but i grew up in a fairly wealthy town i grew up in a fairly wealthy family and I was always like, you know, I grew up with a horse and two houses and a boat. Yeah. And I was always like, holy fuck, like we don't have that much money because there was somebody down the street who had a house that was double the square footage. Yeah. And I like I got to college and I was like, holy shit, I had it fucking good. Yeah. I think college is like such an eye opening experience because especially at New Mexico State, like you had yeah. such a mixed bag of people and I like to say, like, my time in college, like, I lived in Chicago for almost 19 years. Yeah. I did my most personal growth at NMSU when I moved to Las Cruces. I loved state so much. Um, I think being on, like, a university of any sort, you're going to have a very liberal um, – I don't want to say agenda. Agenda is not the right word. But you just have a very, like, liberal outlook yeah. because you have a very worldwide – type of um people right? absolutely you have international students left and right you have people that just don't see eye to eye on a lot of things mm-hmm. but being at an ag college and not to stereotype there but an ag college you're gonna bring in a lot of conservatives that way right i felt like i got an amazing mix of things seeing people that were on both sides absolutely. and seeing people that just saw it differently but seeing people also enjoy cultures yeah which was sick i've seen some of the most liberal like people enjoy like the agrs or like the whiskey dicks and like the country line dancing and stuff that they may have not seen before and vice versa of like country guys seeing people that don't see the same way as them having to talk out issues and like kind of seeing a different like life perspective is such a beautiful thing 100 percent. yeah like (laughs) This is so bad, but the amount of people and not only like my peers, but like some of my fucking advisors in high school, when they heard I was going to New Mexico State, they were like, do you need a passport to go there? Like, do you need a student (laughs) visa? Like, that's the environment I grew up in. And to like be able to get out of that, I think, you know, even with the equestrian team being cut, I don't think I would have changed anything about my college experience because it opened me up to be a much different person and i think a far better person than i was at 18 what was like your if you could tell someone if not your 18 year old self or or whatever what would you tell an 18 year old this is why you should go to new mexico state gotta think about one the food (laughs) oh my god but food is amazing because I think New Mexico State is a really underrated university, and you get that really fun blend of partying, but you also get that these people who, I think New Mexico as a state has a lot of really, really good fucking people. Yeah. And most of the people that I met from NMSU who were kind of terrible people, like, they weren't from the state of New Mexico. Yeah. And I think there's just something about the New Mexican culture that is so welcoming and so indifferent maybe indifferent isn't the right word but like 
you know, like indifferent to your gender or indifferent to your political beliefs. Like New Mexico just very much has this culture of live your life. Yeah. Like live your life in the way that you want to live your life. Yeah. And you won't get that everywhere. Yeah. And that's why I would encourage somebody to go to NMSU. Absolutely. I think there's a lot of like thick skin to New Mexico. I was very anti moving to Albuquerque, especially. And I think that if I were to tell anyone like, hey, Albuquerque is pretty dope in yeah. the aspect of like there's a certain amount of grit you have to have to live in Albuquerque. Um, and I did not have it for at least a year that I lived here. Did I have all of it? And do I still have all of it? Maybe not. But my point being is like some of like, and like the, the weird part is like, and I don't know if this is Hispanic or it's just New Mexico or whatever it is, but like some of like the New Mexico love that people show you is making fun of you. Yeah. And a lot of places like making fun of you, right. Is just hateful. Right. Like you want to tear you down, but especially in new mexico growing up here and like being a part of groups here and that kind of stuff it's such a term or like, it's such a um show of like not maybe not honor but just like endearment absolutely we make fun of each other in ways of like loving each other yeah and that's such a special thing that i've not seen everywhere else and i think that's part of the reason i loved well still love new mexico so much is so there's a saying about, so the three biggest cities in the United States are New York and then L.A. and then Chicago. Mm-hmm. And it's New York is talk, L.A. is hype, and Chicago is work. Mm-hmm. And it's very, so Chicago is interesting because if you go 40 miles outside of Chicago in any direction, rural, it's all rural. Yeah. And rural, rural Illinois is Illinois is very, very different from Chicago. But Chicagoans, they have that grit. Yep. And that's what it's all about. And you're going to be screaming shit at a guy at a bar and like just dunking on each other. And two yeah. minutes later, you're taking shots together. I've not heard that term, but I, I love that. Like, I, I mean, I've heard that, but I've not heard that casually of like, yeah, you guys are just dunking on each other. I love that. I'm going to yeah. steal that. But. Absolutely. And, you know, like my boyfriend lived in L.A. and stuff. And L.A. is just there's part of me that still wants to move to L.A. just because I work in film. And there's sure. a lot of really good film careers out there. But L.A. is very like... So who do you know here? Yeah. Have you fucked Diplo? Oh, I fucked Diplo. Yeah. It, Diplo has fucked everyone. Like, like, congratulations, dope. you're not special. But Good for you. <laughs> that's that's pretty much what it is. And I will say until the day I die, even though it's cold as fuck and there's a lot of problems, Chicago is the best city in the United States. I've been to all three. I've been to L.A., I've been to New York, I've been to Chicago. And Chicago is my favorite good i think you like i think you have a fair argument i think there's a lot of new york that um is unfairly represented um especially in the terms of like brooklyn queens that type of stuff manhattan a little bit different right but like you know maybe maybe like some of those other parts of new york where there's a little bit more grit but to just in general as like a tourist or like as just i liked seeing it chicago was like that dope city of like this is this is where like the fat old men shoot the shit and like one of my favorite spots I ever went to in Chicago, which I like I still tell people to this day. It, it maybe it's not a it, maybe it is a tourist trap, but I tell people go to Billy Goat's Tavern. Yep, I think that's so sick because that's like one it's it's a history of like SNL, but two it's like that's the cool shit. Like absolutely, you can go to Sears Tower, you can go and see like different parts of Chicago, you can see whatever Ferris Bueller did and all that bullshit. But it's like, go see the shit that makes Chicago dope. Right. And that's what I love. 
you know, I, Chicago, like New York has a very like blunt, you know, I'm walking here kind yeah, of attitude, yeah. but Chicago also has that bluntness, but just in a little bit of a different way. And I think through and through at my roots, like I am, I am a Chicago and with a little bit of New Mexico thrown in there. So complete sidebar, but I'm a big Animal Crossing player. Okay. And you have to name your island when you move there. And so I named my island uh, Las Chizona because <laughs> it's Las Cruces, Chicago, and Arizona put together. I love and, it. you know, these those are the three places that have really made me who I am. And, you know, you also asked what would be your number one reason to have people to go to New Mexico State. And I think getting out of your hometown is so fucking important. Yeah. It's massive. so important to growth. And like you look at people who are still in your high school town and you're like, okay, congratulations. Like dope. Nothing has changed yeah. for you. And there's comfort in that, but there's so much in the world beyond comfort. A hundred percent. Um, there's a lot to what you just said. So first off, one of it's the funniest part about me going to New Mexico state is that it was my parents one request that I didn't go to. <laughs> Like, they're like, it's so close to the border. It's so dangerous. And, like, I don't – I truly can tell you I, there's not one part of my college career that I was like, fuck, this is sketchy. Yeah. I didn't feel that ever. Um, I do think New Mexico State needs, like, the, like, blue phones on campus. Mm-hmm. But I can tell you at no point – and it also a privilege of being a guy. But I never felt danger on campus. Yeah. Even late at night. I've, I did many late-night walks on campus. I never felt – like there's like creeps lurking in the shadows. I never felt that. It was also super illuminated all over campus. All over. Um, so I felt completely safe the whole time. Again, privilege of being a guy. Maybe not all girls feel the same way, but I loved that part of New Mexico State. Um, but it but it was far uh, far enough away from home, but still in state. So I loved like that too. I could get home in a day, whatever. Um, New Mexico State was perfect for that and just getting out of my hometown as well. So I, I agree with what you're saying there. Um, there was another part of what you said. Oh, comfort. I'm a big fan of testing my comfort zone. And I don't know that people do that consistently enough or ever. Yeah. It's very easy to be in comfort. And, and I'm I'm guilty of it. I'm not saying like, oh, I fucking do it all the time. Like I try to do one a day. I don't even do that. But I'm just saying like um, – just in general. So, for example, I've, I've tried doing, like, stand-up comedy. Um, still still doing that kind of stuff, just not frequently. But um, I went to roast battles here in Albuquerque. Mm-hmm. And I went to him, went to him, went to him. And then one time I was talking to a guy who, like, hosted a show that I did. And he was like, yeah, let me know if you ever want to do it. And, like, it terrified me to do it. And I was just like, yeah, throw me on the next show. I was like, let's just see what I can do, like, whatever. And I can tell you, like... I've done public speaking. Public speaking doesn't freak me out. Stand-up scares the fuck out of me. Roast battles terrify me. Oh, yeah. Fucking terrify me. And I've done it, and it's like, oh, they're one of the coolest things you can do. It's like, fuck your comfort zone, dude. you got to try shit. Well, and, like, if you are not pushing the boundaries of your comfort zone, like, you are not pushing yourself. And going to get a little political here, but I think we live in a very capitalist society where it's like hustle, hustle culture, like work, work, work. And I think there's a lot more to life than work. But I think to I derive, I, I honestly think we should be on this earth to live our lives for pleasure. But at the end of the day, if you are not pushing the boundaries of 
what you could get pleasure from, then you're not living life to its fullest extent. And if we are here for one thing, it's to learn everything that brings us joy. I agree with that. Um, I, and just in all fairness, all transparency, I, I lean conservative. Mm -hmm. Um, I do lean towards appreciating capitalism. I do appreciate that. So, um, to your point of hustle only to get ahead and to continue working, that's fucking nonsense. Absolutely. I agree with that as well. I don't, I don't agree with like that, that adage, right. Or like that belief and, and I like lifelong ideology of, well, you know, never take, a, never take a day off. Like never fucking, you know what I mean? It's like, why you like, I, I'm all for capitalism in the, in the aspect of like, Hey, you worked your ass off to enjoy a vacation. And also people that go on vacation, they're like, I'm always by my phone. It's like, why? Yeah. Like, what are you, what are you like, what are you gaining out of that? Absolutely. And we actually just got back from Hawaii about two weeks ago. Dope. And pretty much every single trip I've been on since I started college has either been spring break, which is centered around getting fucked up. Sure. Um, or music festivals. And this was, we went because my boyfriend was playing, um, so I don't have you heard of Zed's Dead? Maybe, but yeah, you not would, readily off the top of my head. You would know a couple of their songs. They're a huge, um, like dubstep. Okay. They're huge dubstep DJs. It's two guys, and then they have. I feel like I've recognized the name, but like if I, I don't recognize any of their work. Yeah. So um, they have a label called Deadbeats, and my boyfriend is um one of the Deadbeats artists, and so we he, um, got booked to play Deadbeats Hawaii. But we were like, well, we're not – like, he's in – he was in Denver last night. He's in Houston tonight, and then he's coming here tomorrow for his show. So, like, on that tour life, it's very much, like, location, location, location. I'm yeah. only here tonight and tomorrow night. Um, but with Hawaii, we were like, well, we're not going to f- take an eight – six, seven-hour flight to yeah. Hawaii just to turn around is and that, come back. Is that from Phoenix or is that from L.A.? Phoenix. So, okay. Phoenix, it was seven hours. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, we were like, we're not going to go do that to – like just turn around and come back so we ended up turning it into a vacation with his photographer and his photographer's girlfriend and that was the first vacation I've been on like since college where it was actually about like obviously we're there for a music event but the rest of it wasn't about a music event or drinking like we were honestly in bed by 11 p.m every night and then waking up at 9 a.m and that's probably and that like I don't mean to cut you off sorry um that's probably like weird that it was 11 but like that's probably like closer to like when you would go to bed normally or whatever and then exactly you still like 11 to 9 it's like you got 10 hours of sleep right that's <laughs> yeah, fucking sick and i had been suffering from such bad burnout um you know pandemic burnout work burnout because my job gets very intense and i came back from that vacation and like before I went on it, I was like, I don't want to work. I don't want to do this. Like I was falling behind on my work and I came back from that vacation and I was like, I'm ready to fucking go, dude. Like, let's get this done. Let's grind it out. I'm picking up extra hours at my second job. And I think those breaks are so important because, you know, there's an old saying, all work and no play makes Johnny a dull boy. And I'll be honest with you. I've never heard that expression, but I a hundred percent grasp it. Yeah, absolutely. And like that Hawaii vacation was so not life-changing but so important to me because i was finally like holy shit like this is like 
I have my work email notifications on my phone and I muted those and set my out of office and yeah. I was bad and I checked my email one day and I had about a hundred messages like Ugh, mentioning dude. me and I looked at them and I went, hmm, that sucks. Yeah. And like just I'm put good. my phone away. Like the there's a girl that um she asked me before moving here, um, relatively recently. I don't know, maybe January. But she said something um to the effect of like what should I do? I know I like, I don't want to work at this job. Like I just feel as if I owe them a three week notice, four week notice or whatever. And I was just like, I was like, here's the thing. Again, I tell you, I, I lean conservative. I do appreciate capitalism, but I told her flat out. I'm like, look, if you died tomorrow, that job would be fulfilled in a month. Absolutely. Like they're not going to hold them. Like I shouldn't say they're not going to hold a memorial service, but it's like, they're not going to leave that uh, position vacant because they appreciated your work that much. Yeah. In a month, they will have that filled. And one Also, of the, do you want another drink? Sure, why not? Number four for anyone who's counting. Uh, don't have another Corona. I have a Michelob uh, if you're looking for something light. Otherwise, a Miller Lite, Coors Light, and I've got some Boskies. Do you want to hand me that dose on the bottom? Dose? Let's yeah. See. I don't know if I have... There's a bottle opener right oh, here, but dope. you want to see something more fun? Yeah. Oh, dude, don't do that. Ah, I worry about I worry about teeth. I'm just like that's gonna. For anyone listening, Kate just open that with her teeth. I'm like, ah, dude, don't do that. Anyhow, but yeah. My parents paid for a ton of dental work when I was in high school and stuff, and yeah. I like called my mom one night. I was like, I just found out I can open a beer bottle with my teeth, and she goes, I hope you know, like we cover a lot of your medical expenses. If you fuck up your teeth, you're on your own, oh, kid. <laughs> I don't blame her, man. Like, I like I have cavities all the goddamn time. Never like, had a cavity. Really? Never. Bro. I, I can tell you they're, like, I'm going to knock on wood here. With the exception of, like, the last year and a half, two years. Last two years, no cavities. Again, knock on wood. Before that, I think there may have been three dentist, like, visits in my life. That I haven't had a cavity. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, so I went to the dentist, bad on me, but I went to the dentist for the first time either since winter 2018 or like winter 2019 because I moved to Phoenix and I was like, I got to get a dentist and then the pandemic and all of that. And I had some problems with my gums, but my dentist was like, how long was it since your last teeth cleaning? And I was like, I don't know, bro, like three or four years. And yeah. he goes, you have phenomenal teeth for that. Fuck off, dude. <laughs> Oh my god! I never Fuck wore my retainers. Off. He goes, "You've got one tooth crooked, and you never wore your retainers." And I was like, "Nah, bro." I wore my retainer for like a year, and my bottom teeth are fucked, dude. Like, so, the shittiest part is I had a permanent retainer glued to the back of my teeth, and the orthodontist who put it on didn't do a phenomenal job of putting it on, and sure. it sucks because I can't even go back to him because he's dead. Oh, dude. <laughs> First off, R.I.P. Second off, yeah, that's uh, that's an issue. But. It was put on so badly that my teeth shifted anyways, and then I couldn't hold my tongue in my mouth comfortably because it was constantly mm. cutting up my tongue, and I was like, I will pay you guys whatever the fuck it takes to dremel this thing out of my mouth, and they were like, eh, 25 bucks. Fuck and it. then, you know, when you're a teenager and you're like, I don't want to wear my retainers, like, fuck my retainers, they were like, well, we'll make you new plastic retainers, and I was like, oh yeah yeah dude you're like celebrating <laughs> fuck it yeah i like keep calling them i'm like are yeah. my retainers in yet fucking a dude <laughs> but you know what they call teeth right what those are your luxury bones <laughs> no shit no shit that's a great way of putting it like 
it's only bones that you should see, right? Like, oh my god, my teeth are so bad. My mom is the same way. Like both of us, and I take I take care of my teeth. Like I, I floss, I brush my teeth. Like I'm I'm good about it. And I I've had so many cavities in my life. My mom's the same way. She's had root canals, all that kind of stuff. My mom takes care of her teeth way more than I do. She always has it. My dad chewed for years. Thought his gums were rotting away. Went to the dentist and like, you're good, dude. They're yeah. Like, we suggest you stop dipping, but you're fine. You're fucking fine. But <sighs> like the fact that dental insurance is an add-on to real insurance and like the copays on it are still massive. Like those are your luxury modes. No shit, dude. <laughs> do you have any? Do you have any issues with like your eyes or anything? Um, so I have some like minor issues with my eyes. I have a um, slight astigmatism. So like if I'm trying mm. to drive at night, like I can't read street signs unless Got I'm it. eight feet under them. But a perk of working at Sunglass Hut is we also own, um, the parent company is called Luxotica. They also own LensCrafters. Nice. And so I get a free eye exam annually and then I get 75% off prescriptions and the lenses included yeah and i get a free pair of prescription glasses every single year dope so you know i honestly i'm probably going to work at sunglass hut forever because might as well i'm a sunglass hut or i'm a sunglass whore i have like 16 pairs of designer glasses you're about to say you're a sunglass slut i was like fucking that's a better term that's a better term um but, like, I also get free eye care. And so, like, the insurance through my jobby job is, like, you have to add on eye care. And I'm like, fuck, no, I'm not adding on eye care. Yeah. Like, it's less expensive to use my 75% off than to go through my you. company. Yeah. But funny you bring that up because – so I get a 50% discount on most frames. And we're not That's supposed dope. to – if you ever need sunglasses, hit me up. It has to be off the record. So continue what you're saying. Um, I'm gonna find these bad boys. <laughs> if go. they're broken, I can probably fix them. No, go, go ahead. Um, but yeah, so I get fifty percent off, and so we're not supposed to use it for friends, but you know, I use it for friends, and then they just Venmo me, and yeah, you're not supposed to do a lot of things, but like I feel like that would be the most abused thing at sunglasses. Oh, absolutely! But so every single time I buy my friends a pair of sunglasses at my super discount, and they Venmo me for them, and I go, "There's only one condition." In the Venmo note, you have to put your local shady dealer. Nice. <laughs> and I don't fuck know yeah. how I haven't gotten flagged by Venmo yet for being like, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah. Oh, dude. So here's the thing. I've had, I would say like four or five expensive pairs of sunglasses in my life. Um, I ha- I've had all of them for no less than two years. Um, took care of them at the time, but have either lost or broken all of them. Yeah. Um, so I'm at the point where I'm like, I'm doing cheap glasses, whatever. Uh, I also wanted to have like reflective glasses or like glasses. You can't see my eyes. Like I like the thought of like being, um, that's what I'm looking for. Cause it's not transparent. I'm like, like incognito, incognito. Great word. Yes. They like, it wasn't the word that was going to come to me ever. So I appreciate that. I like, yeah. The thought of being incognito or just being like, just hidden. I like the, the feeling of that. I can look at whatever I want. So I love dark glasses. So like, look at these. Yeah. And I like them because I can openly stare at people and yes. they don't know. Yes. Okay. So that was like part of it. I bought these ironically, right? Are those I, Dolce & Gabbana? No. 
these, I bought these at Tilly's for $19. So I can tell you that those are a knockoff of Dolce & Gabbana. I want to say spring summer 2017 so i can tell you that i bought these for the tracksuit party that we hosted not too long ago first off tracksuits under fucking rated i fuck with my tracksuit i love it so much i wore it to vegas the next weekend and wore it out and people were like it was so funny because it was all guys that were like bro the fucking tracksuit yeah and there was one dude who like got on the flight like i got i i flew with it which was dope i was like i am definitely flying with this um, I got on the flight and this dude first row just goes, bro. And I thought he was about to like, like rag on me. And he's like, the tracksuit is sick. And then like his wife next to him was like, I want to hate on it, but it's so sick. Oh, you can't hate on it. I fucking love that tracksuit so goddamn much. I wore it with a turtleneck at our party. I had like a, a fake gold chain, a bucket hat and these glasses. I have worn these glasses so goddamn much, and I wear them inside at night. I don't give a fuck. The mm. amount of confidence I have with these. And I'll tell you right now, again, I've had all of the glasses that, like, you can't see my eyes and stuff. Those glasses I've had the most confidence with in my entire life. Oh, absolutely. And I'm not someone to talk in absolutes. I fuck with those glasses. So, it actually might have been Gucci 2018, um, or Dolce & Gabbana 2018. So those are actually coming back into style. And for anyone listening and for you too, I am a hard, hard advocator for you need a nice pair of sunglasses. Okay. Like expensive because you can actually sunburn your corneas. Mm. And like being, being in the fair. sun with either no sunglasses or cheap sunglasses yeah. will actually damage your vision over time. Just like being in loud music environments will sure. damage your hearing over time. And so I think everybody, you know, if it's affordable for them, if it's reachable for them, needs to have a nice pair of sunglasses because, like, every pair of uh, sunglasses we offer at Sunglass Hut is polarized or not, they are 100% UV protective. Dope. I do not set a foot outside unless I have a pair of sunglasses on me. So it's funny you say that. So my mom, um, my mom is, like, trying to stay as young as possible for as long as possible. And quite frankly, and objectively speaking, she's doing a great job at it. My mom, it's so funny because for most of my life, like at least when I got to middle school and then till now even, and probably will be for a while, um, people are shocked when like, they're like, oh, that's your mom. And I'm like, yes, that's my mother. Yeah. So, but she is constantly like, and not even like, you know, trying to do stuff that's like cosmetic, but just that, right? Like what you're saying. So her big thing is like, okay, she's outside. I don't think she uh, thinks of it in the same way that you do, right? Like protecting your corneas, but she will wear a hat no matter what. Protect your face and make sure that like sun's not damaging your face over time. She's and forty-five years old. No, I. T- oh, your mom is only forty-five. Yeah, my. Well, actually, that may. No, it's not true. She's forty-four. She oh had me when she was God. eighteen. So my mom is sixty-one. Okay. My dad is going to be sixty-two this year. Okay. My mom does not look a day over. 50 like 48 um but she kind of raised me to do you know what an n-log is n-log it stands for not like other girls nice okay no i did not know that she raised me to be kind of an n-log like oh you don't need plastic surgery oh blah 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 and she looks great but i am fully a person like not only protecting my corneas but i have a 12-step skincare routine i get botox every quarter like i do fillers i do all of it Mm. but I should say, okay, she does do fillers. She does do Botox. 
So I, I just said, like, whatever I just said. She does do that as well. Yeah. But, yeah, 12 step, 12 step skincare routine. I will not step foot out of the house without sunglasses or my fucking sunscreen on. Yeah. And, like, it's so much that in my backpack I have a little kit. I call it the Kate Emergency Kit. And it's <laughs> eyelash glue. It's nail glue. It's, like, my anti-nausea medication. And Dude. then it is my sunscreen. I have, like, a travel thing in my sunscreen. And So I always have uh, ibuprofen and Tums in my vehicle at all times. Yeah. So not as extensive. But, yeah, like, oh, you had you had a rough lunch. Why fucking live with that for another four hours of your work day? So remember how we were talking about earlier, like, the kid who was like, oh, my God, my allergy meds? At fucking yep. 22, I was yep. like, I got my car Tums. I have my purse Tums. <laughs> I have my bedroom Tums. I have my bathroom Tums. At one, tums for every occasion. I had car. I have car Pepto-Bismol. You have, like, you have his and her Tums. You're like, look. <laughs> so my Kate emergency kit, I made. So my boyfriend's DJ name is Lick. And so I have what's called the Lick It. Nice. And like that thing is stocked. It has ibuprofen or it has advil it has tylenol it has tums it has eye drops it has contact solution it has contact eye drops it has a contact case because he's he's older than me and he's 32 and i make fun of him all the time for being an old man and i'm like i got every solution a 30 something year old could need fuck yeah dude i'm gonna show you this so you can start with this picture so that's my mother and myself just this last february oh my god and you can go back to like her profile i'm gonna need you to hold back some comments because i know it's gonna come I have a whole bit and it's one of my favorite things I've done uh, in trying like stand up. But I'm like, yeah, I grew up with a hot mom. Like, and the thing is, is like, it was not to any perspective. Like I didn't wake up one day and like, fuck mom's got it going on. But it's like, no guys will tell you like, oh, no, your mom's hot. Like, yeah, I fucking know dickhead. Like, so that's the thing is like, she, yeah, it's so funny. Cause even my buddy, you remember Noah Pierce. Oh, absolutely. So, so Noah always says that he's like, dude, your mom looks like she's living her best life. I was like, oh, she yeah. fucking is dude. Like you either sacrifice your twenties or you sacrifice like your forties and fifties. Like, so for a kid. my mom had me at 36. She had my brother two months before she turned 40. Mm-hmm. And it's, I probably shouldn't be talking about this publicly. I don't know if they've told my family, but my parents have been together for 30 years and <laughs> It's my boyfriend's first Christmas with us. Mm. It flies up for Christmas. The day after Christmas, my parents call us into the living room. Mm. And they're like, it's just me and my brother. Like, my brother's girlfriend was there and Josh is asleep. And they're like, so we are getting a divorce. Yeah. And my mom is, like, going to raves now. Like, she loves house music. She wants me to bring her to all these festivals. And I'm like, fucking go for it, Lori. Like it's so so funny but um have you seen those tiktoks of this band called first and flight band the band in the bathroom first and flight i i can't say i recognize it even i i don't think i have so you have to look them up and then like you can put your highlights on the top they have mm-hmm. this one called stacy's mom don't. And it's stitches with all of these tiktoks of girls like dancing and then like their mom comes into the picture and then when the mom comes in, they cut it off and they stitch it. And all of these guys bust out of the bathroom stalls and they go, oh, and then I they have start seen playing yes. okay, Stacey's I know exactly mom. what you're talking about. Yes. <laughs> I have seen that. They also do a cover of like Stacy's dad. Okay. Yes. I have seen them for Stacey's sure. Stacy's dad is really, really, really rad. rad. Yes. <laughs> Fucking A, dude. I have seen that. I fuck with it. Okay. So this. Okay. I was trying to get, I was. I forgot about this until just now, but I was kind of sort of getting there. 
way earlier in the podcast. I say way early. I don't know how much earlier, but um, me and my sister are going to the When We Were Young Fest in Vegas, and I am fucking jazzed up about it. Could it be Firefest 2.0? Perhaps, but I'm fucking so excited because that's like my favorite. Like, if you haven't noticed, some of like my Panic of the Disco stuff and like Dance Gavin Dance, like I fuck with like punk rock. I so love that shit. I was fucking sleeping with sirens and yes. Pierce the Veil yes, and dude, all of I that. I fuck with Pierce the Veil. And I really wanted to go, but knowing what I know about festivals, like some mm-hmm. of my friends are still going, and I was kind of like. I'm going to sit this one out, guys. Mm. But my boyfriend and I, he has um, a bunch of timeshares. He has a timeshare up in Vegas. Mm-hmm. And we were like, we might still go. Yeah. Just in case we have to be running, like, rescue operations Dude. for our friends who are going. Well, and that's like, I, I will, like, for me to be like, oh, it's going to go off without a hitch is, like, dumb. Like, I, I understand. Like, I say understand. From my understanding, it sounds like this... Uh, corporation or whoever's running this live nation is notorious for having shit go wrong so live nation is actually the number one biggest um festival promoter event company in the country okay um live nation is who does Lollapalooza and Mm. bonnaroo and austin city limits and then they're actually partnered with insomniac which is the biggest edm uh festival company in the in the country pretty much in the world at this point um They do EDC. They do, like, all of the major events. Live Nation actually has a pretty good track record of things going very right. Um, A lot of – the thing is, is when you're that big, like, if you have a 90% success rate, like, a 92% success rate, like, that's still an A. Um, But I think a lot of our news likes to capitalize on trauma and, like, bad things. And so, like, Live Nation put on Astroworld – but there were so many elements that went into Astral World failing that, like, it's not fair to pin it on Live Nation necessarily sure. because you have to look at the track record of everything else. And yeah. so, like, yeah, they have a history of things going wrong, but there are going to be things that go wrong when you are hosting, you know, 75% of the biggest music festivals in the country. And That's completely fair. Yeah. The... So- the one thing I would say about that, so, like, something that's just recently happened in, like, my world of working for Red Bull. Um, and it, when I say I work for Red Bull, it sounds so much sexier than it is. Like, I work with Walmart more than I work with anything. Yeah. So, sounds super sexy when I work with Red Bull. When I tell people I work for Walmart, it's, like, the least sexy thing, right? So, I, like, was at Walmart on Carlisle and just, like, trying to talk to them about, look, I want to bump your sales. And they're, like, we have the biggest theft. And I'm, like, first off, I'll just say this as well. The manager tried to tell me that um, they have a 50-50 sale to stolen ratio. Yeah. And I'm like, that's not true. Like, some of the highest theft rates for Walmarts or, like, most stores. I say most stores because there there could be some that are really bad. Most stores, if it's at 5% theft, that's insanely high. Yeah. So you're telling me that, again, so 95% of the product that I bring in is sold but five percent of it is stolen that is bad and i'm not sitting here telling you it's not bad let's find a solution however if you're trying to tell me that for every can that's sold another one's stolen i was like you're out of your fucking mind oh that doesn't exist so what i tell them and like it's not that i don't think they grasp it it's just they're worried about theft and i get it 
But I'm like, here's the thing. The only thing that combats theft in our business is sales. Mm -hmm. Increase sales and your theft looks smaller. So if you, you know, you increase sales and all of a sudden that theft is 3% of your product or 2% of your product, sales is your best fight against that. And the same thing is like, okay, so LiveMation does all of these events and they do 92% success rate, 8%. You could mark that against whatever other company that maybe has 15%, but they only had four or five failed, you know, operations or failed festivals. Mm -hmm. But Live Nation has a hundred, and they're like, "What the fuck?" There's a hundred failed. It's like, okay, it's eight percent of them, and it's not entirely our fault as well. So, yeah. like, when you're saying that, I'm like, okay, that makes sense. Just eight percent, but they do a fuck ton. It's like, okay, you gotta you gotta take it with a grain of salt. And like, I would actually like eight percent of failures was probably a gross exaggeration on my sure. part because live nation even does like one night concerts and stuff like yeah. i would actually say it's probably more like 99 percent and then one percent but yeah what happened with the astral world tragedy is so interesting because there were so many points of failure on that festival and there were so many points of failure that were dallas pd and so what's really interesting about live nation is it's not <clears throat> pardon me it's not all Live Nation staff there. Like, they're hiring people externally. They're hiring external companies. And I don't know if you saw all those videos that were f- floating around on social media I about some of them. people, like, storming the gates and stuff. The second those gates were stormed, the entire festival should have been shut down. Whole mm. festival, like, within the first two hours of it starting. But, yes, it's partially a failure on Live Nation's point because there were obviously Live Nation staff there, but one, Dallas PD was there, or Houston PD. I think it was in Houston. Sure. Failure on Houston PD's point, and then failure on the private security that they hired. And so it's really interesting, you know, going back to the festival thing. When I started, I was a festival attendee, and now, like, I'm friends with a lot of people at Relentless Beats, who is the main, like, promotion company in Arizona, there's so much more that goes into a festival than you think to see. And not to say that people shouldn't be complaining about it, but it's a lot more fluid than people realize. Sure. And a lot of people, you know, the thing is, is when you're the promotion company, like that's a name, you know, and for you, you can make that the single point of failure, but it's actually like 13 or 14 points of failure for when something goes wrong. I guess I like, kind of goes to a lot of different things right when things fall apart you look to like the head of it exactly that's that's completely i shouldn't say it's completely fair but it's normal for that to happen yeah um i also think like to anything in the news or whatever it's like we want to see things that would happen in a movie but in real life so like when gates come down and like it's absolute pandemonium here it's like not really like some kids broke down a gate and then they shut down the event yeah it's like it's not like fucking planet of the apes out here yeah it's just some kids did some stupid shit but we shut it down right away but all people saw was that 15 second clip where they fucking tore down that fence well and so what's interesting though too is it wasn't just that 15 second clip um they estimated it was thousands of people Mm. who jumped the gates and it pushed the festival so far over capacity and the festival was already oversold at that point which is Again, partially Live Nation's fault, but they were also partnered with Travis Scott. And there's been a lot of Travis Scott defenders who were like, no, like, it's not Travis's fault. But Live Nation organized the festival, but Travis Scott motivated it. And, you know, it's his Astral World festival, and he's taking a lot of the sponsorship. 
And Travis Scott's whole MO has been like, fuck the police, fuck the barriers, fuck all of it, like burn it all down. And so you kind of have to look at, you have to look at it from all angles. Like you've got this event with somebody who has promoted fuck the rules, has Mm. promoted on safety. Like I think at that festival, there was an ambulance trying to get through the crowd and he was telling people to jump on the ambulance. Damn. And it's, it's not fair to pin it entirely on Travis Scott, but you have, you have to look at it and weigh responsibilities. And, you know, of course the Travis Scott fans were like, Oh, it was a Live Nation festival. And I also think it was very poor timing on Live Nation's part to announce when we were young, so close to Astral World. Like, they mm. could have announced when we were young right now, where Astral World has yeah. largely been moved out of the public mind, and they still would have sold just as many tickets. A hundred percent. Like, I. Your boy was on standby, like standby, yeah, waiting for those fucking tickets. Like I was pumped about it. Yeah. So, I think you're, I think you're spot on with that like point because it sold out immediately. It crashed their fucking server trying to like sell that out. Yeah. Um, like Checo was trying to get on it. Noah was trying to get on it, and they were also on standby. I just happened to be lucky enough to like get through to it. Yeah. And I'm still pumped. I'm glad it happened. But I mean. I get what you're saying. There's there's a lot of moving parts to all of that. And to sit here and pin it on one person or one company or whatever, that's a lot to do to just one entity when there's a lot of moving parts. Exactly. And it's been so interesting getting to be on the media side of what I do now. And, mm-hmm. like, we have booths at all of these festivals. And then getting to be, like, on the side with my boyfriend. My festival experience in 2021 was really cool. Um, I did eight festivals in eight weeks, nine festivals in 12 weeks. Damn. And it really fun. Yeah. We'll never do it again. Yeah. <laughs> um, but about half the festivals I went just with my friends for fun. And the other festivals I went to were with my boyfriend on the artist side. And I think it was such a cool point of view to see it from the fan side. But in the same few weeks, be able to see it from an artist understanding and a production understanding and a staff understanding. And I think that really, you know, talking about opening worldviews, like, opened my eyes to how much shit goes in to put on these festivals and like if you look at edc where there's like a very heavy drug culture associated with raves and stuff but edc is besides pickpocketers which are common at every festival like edc is really one of the safest festivals you could ever go to um they used to have you know somewhere between like five to eight people die every year at edc because it was in june and these people were dying of heat exhaustion heat, yeah. or heat stroke. And so they moved it back to May. And they have not had a single death at EDC since they moved it back to May. And yeah. I think, you know, as soon as something tragic happens, you want to be like, oh, my God, like, fuck this production company. But there's really so much forethought and so much preparedness for things that could go wrong. Like, One, I love Insomniac, the company that puts on EDC in coalition with Live Nation, because they really are there for the people. Yeah. And I felt I have felt safer at EDC, which, again, has the connotation of ravers than I did at Lollapalooza or even Austin City Limits. And it's because they really do care so much about the fans. And it's been very cool to see that. I can tell you from uh, the one law class I ever took was hospitality law. And it was like, or the one statement that was made is people are dumb enough to do stupid shit on their own. Yeah. They're a hundred percent are dumb enough to do stuff on their own. 
don't give them another avenue. Like, protect as much as you can protect. And, like, that... I fully understand and, like, appreciate that because it's like, dude, let's move it back to May. Like, it's it's not our fault that people are also, like, my guess is dehydrated. Yeah. Sitting out in the sun too long. And if they're enjoying drugs, but that keeps them in the sun, it may not just be the drugs. It may just be them in the sun. Exactly. So that's I, – I completely understand that, especially from, like, a – dude, we didn't even fucking do anything, but we're getting in trouble for this, like, standpoint. Yeah. Exactly. And that's why, like, with this When We Were Young festival, I don't, like, a lot of people have been saying the point of failure is going to be that it was a Live Nation festival. And I don't think that's going to be the point of failure. I think the point of failure is... How many bands in one day? (laughs) So, have you heard about what they're doing? Like, the rotating stages? So, they're doing rotating stages, but you have to remember with rotating stages, there might be mechanical issues. And then the venue that they're having it at, like, I think it's where they have Life is Beautiful. I might be wrong. I... I, 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 I've looked it up several times and I can't tell you right now. But yeah, I think, you know, like Live Nation pretty much sponsors the event and they coordinate some of it, but a lot of it is put on people who are already there to coordinate a lot of it. And so I, if something goes wrong, yes, Live Nation will be partially liable, but there are other, maybe even bigger points of failure that you can, you can blame. Pin, and pinpoint. There is a rule with like festival goers who are avid festival goers. You never go to a first year festival. You never mm. go to a first year festival. Well, this is my first like first festival, <laughs> and like yeah, it's the first year it's happening. So, I get it. Probably shouldn't taking that risk. And the, I think like in my defense and like my sister's defense, because I'm going with my sister, is it's still in Vegas. Yeah. Like ultimately, if like we have a bad time or like we're leaving early, it's like we're still in Vegas. One hundred percent. And yeah. maybe me and Josh will be there. Be like, hey, you fuck need yeah, a fucking dude. ride from we, the venue. Fuck yeah, dude. <laughs> Kate, I appreciate you being on the podcast. I don't mean to cut us off. One, I have to pee again. But two, we've been talking for two and a half hours. So I, I also appreciate have to pee. This. Yes, beautiful. I'll let you go before me. But thank you for being on the podcast. This thank was great. Thank you so much for I, having me. I feel like, and I'm I'm just gonna say this because I I. Um, just as we're closing up here, I felt like we constantly were in the same vicinity, but we never got to talk. So this was awesome to do that. And I feel much closer to you for that. So Great. thank you. Yeah. And I yeah. feel that way too. And this is my first podcast experience. Fuck and yeah. This has been awesome. I love shooting the shit. So thank you so much for having me. Big, big fan of shooting the shit. Guys, remember, uh, in order to escape tyranny, remember to mix in a water. I haven't done that at all this episode. So it's a hypocritical of myself. Hydrate. Uh, yes. Hydrate Don't dehydrate. Exactly. <laughs> Mix in a water, uh, don't drink and drive. Remember to go down on your partner and the earth is flat. Cheers. I'm going to write a book and I don't care if you read it. I'm going to make a movie. I don't care if you watch it. I'm going to wave anyway. I could care less if you look. And if you don't shake my hand, I'll put it back in my pocket. I'm gonna write a book, and I don't care if you read it. I'm gonna make a movie, I don't care if you watch it. I'm gonna wave anyway, I could care less if you look. And if you don't shake my hand, I'll put it back in my pocket. I'm gonna write a book, and I don't care if you read it. I'm gonna make a movie, I don't care if you watch it. I'm gonna wave anyway, I could care less if you look. And if you don't shake my hand, I'll put it back in my pocket.